Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Oh, holy moly. Take off! 
joking about uh i will save it for later but anyway welcome to the nascar weekly podcast yes we are in fact live now we are all on screen all of our beautiful faces in our little zoom rectangles how's it going we're back on my channel this week we've got to my i guess stage left we've got darian aka black flags matter to uh, the right we've got the iceberg jared lundberg we've got danny b down in his uh his danny b layer um, right there and joining us uh, for at least the first half of tonight's show we've got nascar xfinity series driver bailey curry that, that's a pretty slick background there thanks for joining us yeah yeah man uh, thanks for having me yeah well we appreciate it and i know you've got something kind of exciting to announce uh we, we're going to be talking all things sonoma in a moment we'll look at the playoff cut line um there's no cup race this weekend so at the end of the show we're going to be previewing the Knoxville truck race, and we'll also be talking about the superstar racing experience. I know we're a NASCAR show, but like, come on, we gotta talk SRS, especially talk about when it. there's no cup race. But Bailey, uh, you've launched a new website today, and I put a link down in the description because fans can go check out that website and can also uh, potentially enter for a chance to win something pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're running the uh, diecast giveaway actually for the Ghost car, the one I ran at Phoenix. Um, it sold out in like six hours back when we released it in <laughs> April. So, uh, yeah, if you didn't get one, then this is your chance. Just head on over to bcurry.com, B-C-R-E-Y.com. Uh, you'll find the giveaway on the homepage. Uh, you just enter your email and that uh, energy for a chance to win. And, uh, yeah, we just launched the website today. we got a lot of cool stuff on there. Uh, we got my podcast on there as well, Women of Genius. we got all the pictures, schedule, um, links to all of our great partners. And, uh, yeah, really cool website. And uh, go get entered for that contest. Yeah, I listened to a couple episodes of uh, Wheelmen of Genius. Uh, you and your friend do that show. Um, it, it's it's remarkable. It is something that I definitely recommend people go check. <laughs> yeah, you, I, the couple episodes I've listened to, you get some interesting perspectives on the sport. I listened to an episode, uh, I don't know, a couple episodes ago, um, where y'all talked about some of the interesting like meals y'all have been on, uh, had with sponsors and with corporate yeah. partners. So uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it's, that's kind of our uh, our deal. We talk about all the stuff that uh, it's never really gets brought up. Uh, talk a lot about just the, the ins and outs the, the what's going on in mooresville during the week and uh if anybody's acting a fool at the bars in mooresville or anything like that so <laughs> that's uh that's what we talk about and uh yeah just the ins and outs of racing you don't ever really hear about can i ask is that a playoff of the old real men of genius commercials yes that is that was, ah. the, original name. That was the original name but i was kind of scared uh bud light would come for me so i uh <laughs> had to change it Dude, good I love those commercials back in the day. Those are like were my like some of my favorite commercials that came oh, yeah, on at any point. So if, if in the chat, because I know we have a lot of young viewers, if you haven't seen those commercials after the show, check those out. They're funny yeah. as hell. Yeah, they're great. Awesome stuff. And again, yes, if you want to enter for a chance to win uh, a Ghost 124 scale diecast, that link is down in the description below. Be sure to check it out. But thanks for joining us, Bailey. It's always great to have another voice chiming in. We're going to react to Sonoma. Uh, 
on that note, I, I guess let's just dive right in. I'll, I'll go and start with you, Darian. Uh, nobody here was at the race, I guess. Uh, Bailey, were you at the race? Or were, uh, it's I was not. I was, I was down in Texas on vacation. So. I figured, yeah. I didn't make it all the way out west for this one. Uh, so I'll, I'll go and start with you, Darian. Yeah. Daniel Suarez finally breaks yeah. through to get a win. I, I tweeted after race, 195 starts in. Four race teams later, he is a Cup Series winner. Uh, what do you make of just his performance and you know his journey to the Cup Series and, and getting a win in the Cup Series? Man, it's been a, a, a wild ride to get to this point, a roller coaster. So many ups and downs, a lot of downs, especially with a lot bigger teams. I mean, first he gets rushed into the Cup Series with Joe Gibbs, doesn't exactly pan out. Then gets a second opportunity with Start House Racing, gets gets released after one season and then once he's with gaunt brothers you're like hoping his career isn't done i mean it could have gone either way at that point i mean he it was in jeopardy been, yeah yeah it was in huge jeopardy but then justin marks came out of nowhere i was like hey i'm starting a team and uh i want you to be my driver and he was the uh he was the the original track house driver for their inaugural season before uh, ross chastain came along and then once Ross Chastain started winning, then you heard some people starting to say, well, well, what's going on here? I mean, Chastain's winning. I mean, look, Ross Chastain, I mean, he's he's clearly the best driver over at Trackhouse right now, too. But Daniel Suarez is talented in his own right. I mean, we've seen him run up front um, from, from time to time this season. Uh, Fontana, for example, I mean, he could have won that race, too. If he would have just kept it on the top, I still believe that. <laughs> he could have had a shot to win, maybe, but... I mean, it is Kyle Larson who was racing again, so maybe not. But yeah. anyways, it's great to see him finally in victory lane. And just the way the whole, like, his whole first win was covered, I mean, they were just shooting a lot of, like, Fox was, like, shooting the the the, uh, the grandstands. Um, what, what, what was his group called again? Daniel's, Daniel's Amigos. Amigos. Okay, yeah, Daniel's Amigos. And usually I, I have not liked Fox, like, having these, like, these up-close shots of the crowd on – uh, for uh, most of the season, but in this instance, I liked it. You know, especially in those final nice, laps yeah. there too. There wasn't yeah. much else it, going on those few laps. <laughs> if you're gonna put the camera on fans, put it on fans that are actually like going to be entertaining to look at and what mm-hmm. they're doing. Don't put it on uh, someone randomly eating a hot dog or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like spilling relish over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they do that quite a bit. Uh, Twisted Nipples in the chat. Yes, I'm going to say his full name. Uh, sent a super chat. We will get to the rest of the super chats at the midway point of the show and at the very end of the show. But I, I wanted to acknowledge this. He said, Suarez made me some money in Vegas this weekend. So oh. um, I, I think Suarez has kind of been that that fun dark horse pick all year long where you know a lot of value there. And he's been close. Like you said, Fontana, Darian, really close. Coda, another road course. He led the first like 15 laps and won this, the first stage. So he's had... Last year, he had one or two races, like Bristol Dirt, where you're like, oh, maybe Trackhouse is legit. This year, Suarez has had a few more of those moments, but he finally broke through. So, so Jared, what was the difference this weekend? Why did Suarez break through this time? Uh, no mistakes. Uh, I think that was a lot of earlier this year and parts of times last year was just that sometimes his team would make a mistake or he, like we talked about earlier, choose the wrong line. Uh, this week, he was picture perfect, while everybody else around him who was competitive was either making mistakes or he just flat out drove away from him. So I think it was the fact that like every single thing that he could do right, he did right. The team put the beginning, middle, and end of the race together. Um, the way that Chastain had done earlier in the year, the way that a lot of the other guys we've seen win do it. Um, and I got to say, <laughs> I know we had the discussion last week. We'll talk about the playoffs in a bit. Um, but this has not changed my mind whatsoever on the 16 winners and, and getting there or not. I, I still think that he's like that one or two dark horses that we're going to get. Um, 
but I, I gotta say that now that he's in, I wouldn't be surprised if him and that team go really aggressive and just go all out for wins now, especially since they've had the speed and haven't been able to go as aggressive because they're racing more for points. So it might open the floodgates later in the season for him. I don't think he's going to win three or four races, but he'd get another one before the playoffs start. We, we have a few more road courses. He was arguably one of the most dominant cars at Coda and then now here at Sonoma. So it's possible we could say more out of him. But, you know, on the same note that Jared just said, talking about him, you know, not being able to finish out the race as well. And you call him a dark horse, you know, should we really be calling him dark horse? Cause he had a lot of races earlier this year where he looked way better than the results showed. And that's why we'll talk about the points a little bit later, but he's actually kind of higher up in the points now at this point, because of how good he had done in stages and other events and races, he just didn't have, you know, those finishes to catapult him where he needed to be points wise. Now with the win, he gets back in there and you see a better representation of the kind of season he's had so far this year. Yeah, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but he's won a couple of stages this year before this win. So it's not like he just now has five playoff points. He'll be in at like the 14 seed. No, he's like the eight seed or something right now if the mm-hmm. playoffs are begin today. Uh, Bailey, I, I don't know. Do you have any experience racing at Sonoma? But but if so, like what can you tell us about Suarez, the, the performance Suarez you know, put on at the end of that race? Yeah, I mean, I haven't ever raced at Sonoma, but uh, I can tell you that you could definitely see they put themselves in position to be good at the end of that race. Uh, you saw a lot of cars fall off with the weather changing. Uh, to me, honestly, I thought before, like about halfway, I was like, okay, 17 cars winning this race. Chris Bush is going to win this race. But then as soon as that sun came out, he uh, he kind of lost it, and that's where uh, Suarez uh, kind of played into his hands, and he had the track position. And I think that was one of the biggest things he did, especially with this new car uh, being in dirty air so bad. Uh, he put himself in that position to be in the lead and was very aggressive on restarts to uh, get that lead and have that clean air because not only is Sonoma a tough racetrack, but it's very, very tough on tires. And if you're in dirty air, you uh, you use the tires up a lot more because you're using the mechanical grip opposed to the aerodynamic grip. So I definitely think uh, when he put himself out in the lead there late, or, I mean, even just the beginning of the last stage, he uh, he was in a pretty good spot, and I knew he'd be uh, one uh, one of the ones to watch the win for sure. He set the tone. And you know, you mentioned Chris Busher, fellow Texas driver, finishing second. Uh, what did you make of his performance? Uh, surprising to see an RFK car in contention to win, or, or did you kind of expect that from Chris Busher? Uh, I'll be honest. I went out to Sonoma to crew, like be a crew guy on a cup car, I don't even know when, 2018, 2019. Chris was still driving the JTG car, and he was so fast. I think he just, he's good there. He's been good on road courses. I've known him for a long time. He was good on road courses when he was 15 years old, too. So I knew he'd be good there. I believe they said something about RFK went to test at a road course, at a tire test. Yeah, and uh, they said they found a little something there. Him and Brad well, both were doing good. I remember that. Uh, both of them were doing yeah, good. Yeah, both the 6 and the 17 were good. So I think uh, whatever they found at that test was a big help to them. And uh, any any little information you can get about this new car, especially at a road course we don't race at a whole lot, uh, I think is huge. And, yeah, he, he did really good. I, I was definitely pulling for him for a fellow Texas boy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to pass this around a little bit because Busher wasn't the only surprising finisher in the top five. Second for Chris Busher, but third as well for Michael McDowell. Uh, Darian, which performance impressed you more, McDowell or Busher? I mean, they were both just so impressive, too. I mean, I'd have to be a little bit more impressed with uh, Chris Busher's run just because, I mean, like, he didn't race the previous week. I mean, the, and then and then um, the funniest part uh, about that whole, whole 
uh, or um, that whole situation too, is that um, once Zane Smith got in and where'd he finish like 17th in his cup series debut. I mean, overall, not a bad debut, but then all of a sudden you start to see some fans like, well, dang, Zane Smith to the 17 full time. I'm like, dang, he was only gone for a race. And all of a sudden they want (laughs) to get rid of him and stuff. But no, if, if you're if you're uh, um, if you're uh, gonna respond uh, to uh, some of that criticism and stuff, then hey, you know, best way to uh, respond is uh, putting up the uh, the uh, results and stuff. Hey, P two, and we still have a, a few more a uh, few more uh, road courses on the schedule as well. So I mean, he could inch out a win, perhaps. Well, I I will argue on McDowell's behalf because I think he's actually having like at least through 16 races, the best start to a season in his career. Yeah. It's the most, it's the most yeah. top tens he's ever had in a cup series. And let's also not forget here in a few weeks, we'll be going to road America, which is site of his only Xfinity mm-hmm. series win. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm looking, you talked about top tens, Danny, and he has more top tens this year than William Byron Eric, or Eric <laughs> Almarola, Austin Dillon, uh, Chase Briscoe has as many as Tyler Reddick more than Austin Sindrick. Like looking through here, he like he's holding his own up in points with the rest of them. So um, I don't know if I would say that he's he'd be a threat to win, but he could be by the end of the regular season if we don't see a bunch of winners near the cut line. He could be in that cut line battle come Daytona, and well, we all know what he can do at Daytona after 2021. So. I I wouldn't I wouldn't keep I wouldn't sleep on uh, Michael McDowell. And you know even we just we saw last week he did good gateway he was running strong there so you know it's it's weird it's like <laughs> I, I we saw this in 2013 a front row and then now we see it again this year when the new car comes out it seems to give them a little bit of an edge where they can compete with the other teams for a, a little bit so we'll see how long this lasts but so far at least for mcdowell they're doing not bad yeah, I, I mean, you look at what's left before the playoffs. I think there's five true wild card races. I wasn't sure if the road courses would be a wild card, but after you know the end of this race, going into like the final restart, I think you had Suarez, no wins this year. McDowell, no wins this year. Keselowski was in the top five, no wins. Harvick was in the top yeah, five, no wins. Uh, Busher, of course, in the top five. Like those five guys winless all year up in the up front at the late of the road course. That tells me that maybe the road courses are going to be more of a wild card this year, not just the Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson show. Although Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson were very competitive. And I do want to talk about Kyle Larson for a moment. Um, he was fast started on pole. I think he led the entire first stage. Um, they played it a different strategy. They decided to take the stage points, take the stage win and give up track position. They got back up into the top 10 late, but seemed like the car went away a bit. And then they had a tire, a wheel fall off. So uh, I thought so it was confirmed today. Cliff Daniels uh, out for four races as well as, I believe, his tire changer and Jackman. So uh, uh, I'll start with you on this, uh, Jarrett. Uh, Kyle Larson, we'll look at the points soon. He's got to win, so he's safe. He's going to make the playoffs, I think. But he's a little further down in points, a little more inconsistent than last year. How big a deal is it to lose his crew chief for, for summer races? I mean, it's obviously going to be a big deal. You know, just because of the chemistry they built up over time for these four races, I'd say overall with the season, you know, I don't think it's going to be too big come playoff time unless it happens again. Um, but overall, when it comes to how he's been doing this year, it, it kind of doesn't surprise me because this is the Kyle Larson that has always been in NASCAR. You know, like the 10 win Kyle Larson was peak potential Kyle Larson last year. You're not going to get that every year. Uh, so, you know, he's probably right now the sixth or seventh best driver out there. 
which he had been a lot of times at Ganassi maximizing that equipment. So now when he's a little off like this, which again, a little off for Kyle Larson, you know, he's hit, I think he had still like, won a stage. <laughs> yeah. And he's still, he's, he had like four DNFs this year that have held him back in points too. Yeah, point. And it probably soured a lot, a lot of how we're looking at him. I mean, he, when you look at his numbers, he's right up there with everybody else. It's just that things haven't went right for him. So I'm not too worried about Kyle Larson. I just think that it's been since pretty much 2019 that people have seen Kyle Larson not be unstoppable. So I, I don't think people are used to it yet. And I think that's why there's alarm bells going off for a lot of fans. Bailey, I want to ask you, Kyle Larson, we, we know him as a great dirt racer. We think of him as ripping the top. But what is it you, you think that makes him apparently really good at road courses? He was great last year at road courses. I think did he get one or two wins on road course? I don't remember what his numbers were last year, but he, obviously fast this year. Like, what is it that makes him a great road course racer? Ah, uh, being at Hendrick Motorsports doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, I think that's one of the biggest. I mean, if you look at their guys on road courses, they're always good. So, uh but then he just he's very smooth i mean the fact that he did all that dirt racing and, and it looks very aggressive uh in my few dirt races i've ran it might look like that on the outside but inside the car it's a lot of finesse and a lot of minute adjustments to what you're doing inside the car to make it do exactly what you want it to do uh i think that's part of it really you wouldn't think that dirt racing would uh, affect how you race on a road course but i think it's a lot just having that finesse uh and then he's always been good at uh, outbreaking people too. That's one thing I've noticed. Even to Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott's been huge on doing that. But uh, I remember last year, Sonoma, Kyle Larson could just dive in the corner, way deeper than even Chase, and uh, that was really impressive because you can gain so much time doing that. But it is risky uh, because if you wheel hop, you're going to lose a lot of time. But it's the same thing. Like he runs the fence, it's fast, but it's risky. And if he can push right to that limit every single time and not overstep, uh, there's a lot of speed to be had there. And you mentioned the the way he dives into the corners. Uh, they mentioned this on the broadcast, but the next gen's got bigger brakes. I, I, I know, you, I guess you haven't driven the next gen, but like, you know, how do you think that affected the racing we saw at Sonoma? Could, did, that helps guys attack the corners more, but like, did that affect passing ability? Like, what would you make of that? Um, I don't know. I think you could look at it both ways. You could say that everybody feels more comfortable, so everybody's charging the corner harder. But then you could also say that not everybody knows the limits of this new brake package quite yet. Like we've only had, I guess, two road courses this year and where everybody's used to having the 15 inch wheels, the smaller brakes and you race a Sonoma a million times. And then you go there with these massive brakes and a little bit bigger tire. Uh, you got to try to find that line. And I think that's a reason he was good or like good early because he, he is aggressive. He's going to go find that line immediately. He probably did it at the second lap of practice. He doesn't really care if he runs off, like they'll get it fixed, whatever. Uh, but yeah, he, he'll go straight to that line. And there's a lot of guys that never might not have found the line the whole race. I mean, even me, whenever I run a road course, especially somewhere new, I raced in Portland a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't really find that line until I'm about half through the race. Cause I don't want to tear the race car up. So yeah. uh, I learn a lot just from racing around other people and seeing what they're doing and uh, going off of them. But uh, I think with that bigger brake package, you could you could argue both ways, whether it be more passing, less passing. Uh, I think the arrow, if anything, hurt it a little bit. You've heard the guys talk about on short tracks even, uh, arrow hurting them, and I think that's what hurt Kyle Larson. Once he got stuck in the back, he just couldn't find his way back up there. Uh, road courses are narrow, so it's hard to pass, and with arrow being a factor, it makes it even worse. 
Yeah, yeah. Even Arrow playing a role at Sonoma, which is, I guess, one of the more technical road courses we go to. Um, I did want to hit on that difficult-to-pass kind of narrative this week, but I also want to touch on another team that notably struggled, an entire manufacturer that struggled at Sonoma, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. And, in fact, Toyota. I think the best finishing Toyota was Kurt in, like, 18th. Um, and Joe Gibbs Racing, I know they, they all, a lot of them pit at the very end to maybe catch a caution, catch a break, but they weren't any good before that even. They didn't finish better than 26th. All four Gibbs cars outside the top 26. Darian, did that surprise you at all? Yeah, I picked I picked Martin Trix Jr. to win last <laughs> Me week. Me too. And then and then the first <laughs> day he wasn't he wasn't even inside the top twenty. And I'm like, well, what's going on here? But he wasn't the only Toyota struggling. So I, I don't know. I mean, like they had problems earlier in the year. They eventually got them figured out somewhat. So I'm pretty sure by the time we go to the next road course, it's Toyota and Joe Gibbs racing. They'll figure and, something out soon. Am I the only one who finds it very ironic that when Daniel Suarez finally gets his first win, the team that hired him originally and then ditched him was the one who struggled the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The beautiful irony in that. What, what do you think, Jarrett? Were you surprised? You because I know me and Darian picked Truex. I don't remember who I picked you picked. Bell. Oh, you, so you're in the yeah. same boat. Welcome to the I sinking Christopher ship. I picked Bell, and he was a lap down all day. <laughs> oh. Like it was, it was, it was not fun uh, for any of us really this past week picking wise. But um, I mean. Don't get me wrong, I'm surprised because you know generally they do pretty well here. Um, but I I can't help but think that maybe it's just kind of a one-off thing. Plus, outside of the roll fold, this probably won't affect the playoffs all that much. So maybe it's kind of written off compared to other tracks. I don't know. Um, but I, after seeing you know looking back at at the way that this layout was and how these guys finished at him. I, I was most surprised in Kyle Bush and Martin Truex for being so average. Like they, well, when we're well, bad, there's average. The, the finish uh, it doesn't really say where they ran all day. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is weird to think that Kyle Bush seemingly dominated the truck race the day before and then finished 30th. They, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, I, like I thought what perfectly embodied Joe Gibbs Racing's day is, you know, they finally caught a break with a caution. And I think Kyle Bush was like sixth on a restart and going into, I think it was turn seven, locks up the, the, the front brakes and, and spins out immediately and, and ends up <laughs> back where they were running all day. It's like, oh man, like they finally had a chance to run with the fast cars and they just weren't able to. Like the Gibbs cars just weren't up to snuff. Yeah. yeah, Kyle, to put it in perspective, Kyle Bush and Denny Hamlin finished behind Josh Balicki. Ugh. That's wow. typically not a good, a good uh, measure. There, <laughs> that's not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, no offense to Bullocky, but oh no, he's talented driver. We love Josh. Still gets racing here. though. Yeah. yeah, it's it's Spire versus JGR. There is a standard there. Yeah. Um, uh, you touched on this a second ago, Bailey, but I do want to talk about just the racing a little bit more. It was hard to pass. Pretty typical for road courses. Pretty typical for Sonoma. But I, I don't know. We've only raced. We didn't race at Sonoma in 2020. Didn't race. Oh no, I guess we did race there last year and the year before. But we ran the carousel layout, not the shoot. So I don't. Know, I guess I have a hard time, like, vividly remembering past Sonoma races. But but do you guys really feel like the racing was was two different? Bailey, you can start us off here. Like, do you feel like it looked noticeably more different this year than in past Sonoma years? Honestly, no. I mean, like I said, passing's hard there. The fact that Larson was able to win those stages last year and come back and win the race was remarkable. And no one, no one thought he was going to be able to do it, but he, I think his car was just that good. Like they were just that good that day. Uh, but I mean, it's, if you think about the racetrack, there's not 
too many good passing zones or passing opportunities. The only way, I mean, you get a lot of crazy finishes and things like that, and that's all people use in the bumper. Like, I mean, that's one of the few ways to pass there. I mean, you could pass to 11, maybe clean, maybe not. And then turn one, turn two, turn three, not passing, maybe four, maybe five. But, like, that's it. Like, there's not very many places you can pass. It's just hard. And that's why you see a lot of people getting bumped out of the way or spun out there because, like, even if they're not trying to, they're pushing it and they're going to make a mistake. They might start wheel hopping or, or anything. It just overshoot the corner and knock the guy outside of them up the racetrack. So I think that's kind of typical Sonoma, and it might have been a little bit less this year because these cars have seemed to be a little bit more fragile. Uh, so they didn't want to run into each other and maybe break something. Uh, but other than that, it seemed pretty typical to me. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, Danny, did you did you notice anything different this year, last year? Like, like, just what did you think of the racing overall? Would you consider it a good race? Would you have said you'd like something a little different? It's just refreshing to see this uh, track configuration again. I think there's just something a lot cooler about them seeing seeing them carry as much speed as they can for that one area. You know, just barely missing the wall to go down that straightaway. It just it can help the race time a lot too that way because just I feel like that track configuration the t- lap times can be so much faster that way. Yeah, I, I noticed. I don't remember who made the comment, uh, but I don't know if this is actually NASCAR's thinking. If it was, uh, kudos to them. But one of the reasons I I think I heard they brought the shoot back was so that fans in the stands could see you know the cars fly by their section a few mm. more times instead of yeah like, when they went down the carousel. Who saw that? Well, yeah, yeah exactly. And and even then, when they since it was a longer lap, I think the race was maybe ninety or hundred laps. This year it was one hundred and ten. So you know, a few more chances for them to go by. I mean, little things like that. I actually do kind of appreciate them at least maybe considering. I've heard Sonoma is a difficult track for sight lines. I, I've never been, but that's what I've heard. Um, Darian, what do you think of the racing? Were you satisfied? Were did you want something more? I mean, it's Sonoma. I mean, it's just going to be. It's just going to put on, a, in my opinion, a mediocre product. I mean, no matter what car you use gen 6 gen 4 or current next gen gen 7 car um i mean has there ever really been like a memorable like type race like outside of like finishes and stuff like i mean yeah yeah 2014 yeah that was that like that's about it to me though i mean like yeah you had some other cool moments and stuff but i don't know it's just it's usually to me just been a mediocre road course for nascar see i i feel like i'm on the complete other page as everyone here because I like, I actually like Sonoma. It's my favorite road course. Um, but I, I will kind of argue to the race's defense. Don't get me wrong. I think it was mid. I think it was like a five out of ten, six out of ten kind of race. It was not a barn burner. Um, but I, I will say, from what I can tell from people who are at the track, uh, that what they put online, as well as some stuff that people had said who um, were like kind of critical of the broadcast is that they missed a lot too like chase elliott for instance went from like the 30s all the way up to finishing p7 in that last run and there was at one point where mike joy is like and they're four wide back three there. wide yeah they're, the yeah they're like lap, three and yeah. four wide through 11 and then it's like and let's look single file at the leaders and they like change <laughs> the camera it. to that and then they never showed it. Maybe it's because Tony Stewart was in the booth and they didn't want to show it with his car being the one that was the victim here. But Cole Custer was up in the top 10, having a great run, doing really well. And you just start to see him get spun and it never got addressed ever in the broadcast. I noticed that. 
So I'm I'm not saying that I don't I thought that the race was great, but at the same time, I think if it had been better, if there'd been better direction with the broadcast itself, I think that we would view it in a more positive light. Other than the fact that well, Suarez won, so it was really awesome. Then nothing else because there was there was some passing again. It wasn't like Watkins Glen or Coda especially, but it was like it's just Fox once again kind of letting the fans down. Yeah. Side side note on the Tony Stewart thing there, I just gotta say I appreciated him actually being uh, audibly frustrated with Kevin Harvick's bad pit yeah. stop there. Yeah, that was good TV. That was good. And when he I, when when he chastised Ross Chastain, a little, that little, was awesome. Little in de- de- detail, with I thought that was spicy to say the least. Um, I mean, you can't hold Tony Stewart back. He was basically saying like Ross, you don't have to do that. It was he, the nice fashion. It's the nicest way Tony Stewart, I think, is capable yeah. of criticizing someone. Uh, so uh, give, he held. I think like, he held back as much when, as he could. When when Ross went down like four lanes going through the shoot to block and he's just like stewart sounded like he's about ready to suit up and go down there himself <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> and that's needed they used yeah, to, like i love that in a broadcast yeah like they i remember that they they used to do that a lot wally Dollaback like, specifically with oh nbc God. sports he would call out somebody like every other and kyle petty kyle yeah. petty yeah, would just be great. like Oh, where's where's the fire? Where, where's the guys with the fire extinguishers? Any day now, let's let's roast some. I think it was was it the in one Pocono 2008? I think. Yeah, where like I think it was like Montoya's car is on mm-hmm. fire and they didn't show up, and he's just like, oh, I guess we're just getting the marshmallows ready. Like I love <laughs> yeah. I love when the broadcasters can just well, be like come on. See, it's it's funny you mentioned that. It's it's nice that NBC is back because uh, as open he's, as he's been getting on Twitter here lately, as open as he's been getting on his podcast here lately, I'm really looking forward to a few weeks of Dale Jr. back in the booth and seeing how open he will be. I thought Dale Jr. is one of the best, if not the best, guest analysts Fox brought in this year. So, uh, <laughs> he what, what, on the what, yellow line. What, <laughs> he did was, do that. Was it him who was uh, getting frustrated at someone speeding on pit road or something like that? It was Keselowski, yeah. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like Keselowski said. Come on, Brad. I don't remember what he said exactly. <laughs> he said something like that. Yeah. yeah, well, real quick, before we move off TV entirely, since we kind of got on this topic, this was the last Fox broadcasted cup race of the year. And I guess they're also done, I guess they're also done doing your races, Bailey. It'll be NBC um, yep. covering the Xfinity series from here on out. So um, I know you did a video, Jarrett, this week where you kind of talked about the good and bad of Fox this year. I know everyone has their criticisms, um, but like in a nutshell, and I'll let you start, Jarrett how would you grade Fox this year? And what's like one thing you would like to see them improve on going forward? I personally, and I know people disagree with me. I think it was, I think their coverage is better in 2020 when they were all stuck in a studio and out of the track. Yeah. I, I think that their coverage this year was better than last year. That does not mean I thought, thought it was good. <laughs> I think people misinterpreted me when I said that I thought it was the best since pre pandemic. I gave it a C minus on the year. Like it's passing. You know, it's not as bad. Like it's 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 fun to jump on the bandwagon ripping on it, but at the same time, like you have talent like Mike Joy and Jamie Little that that really amplify the better parts of the broadcasts and their spots. Um, if I had to pick uh, a way to to make it better, I would. I think the booth is is you know the big one we can look at. I, I'd give two the booth because I want to have Mike and the Max that just rolls off the tongue well mcmurray mcreynolds and mike joy yeah um but i i just think better camera direction if if just 
you know, quicker cuts and better shots of the cars to make them look faster makes the broadcast so much more engaging as a fan. Whereas these static shots where you just see them coming and it's just 10 seconds waiting for them to pass by the camera and then another 10 seconds to wait and pass by another camera. It's, it's boring as a viewer. Whereas if you switch it every three to six seconds, roughly, it, it gets the viewer more involved because it's constantly changing. It's kind of, it's like the TikTok effect, in my opinion. Maybe, yeah. You constantly change stuff and make people have to like analyze it really quickly over and over again, but also keep track in a narrative sense. I think it would make the the broadcast more engaging for a racing fan. Yeah, my big thing is is don't cut away from what the broadcasters are talking about. Like, I mean, you mentioned the Cole Custer <laughs> thing. They cut away from that spin out this week. Um, there was an Xfinity race a few weeks ago. I don't remember exactly. It was the drivers only broadcast. I don't remember what was happening on track, but there was apparently a tremendous battle for the lead or battle for something going on that like Harvick and Keza, whoever was in the booth was like desperately trying to get the cameras to cut to, and they just oh wouldn't. yeah, you heard you heard Harvick in the background like just trying to tell the producer like like go to this already like it it feels like with fox sometimes and i'm sure nbc does this as well is that they know you know hey sponsors expect this if their car's out front they expect a certain amount of screen time if their car is doing that they expect so it's like they're trying to check a lot of boxes during the race to appease many of the partners that are invested and that's i understand that but it, it does frustrate the viewer when you know hey there's a heck of a battle for second going on on the track and we've got the you know nationwide check in with dale jr you know like that kind of thing it's oh, just I remember that. Uh, he's in 23rd all right great why are we missing the battle for the lead uh danny what, what would what would you change if you had one thing you wish fox could do better next year what would it be again i know you just said you know it's got to do with the sponsors but less live onboard cameras onboard cameras are great for showing replays of things that happen uh you know there, there is a spot for that and it's it's good that we have that technology but we don't need it live and we don't need super zoomed in shots when they're all clumped together at daytona and talladega you know I'm talking about danny i love seeing the atoms of the cars yeah <laughs> yeah every nitty detail as far as the booth and commentary i mean i really didn't have any complaints necessarily from that this year you know personally one of my favorites was actually kenny wallace in the booth i actually really thought that was better than it than it really seemed like it would have yeah. been which, you know, if you go and listen to him doing the commentary at the truck race at Gateway back in 2004, it was actually pretty good in that one, too. So <laughs> Kenny Walls is somebody I would actually be happy to see back more often. Um, but really the big gripes was just the production side of things. We did see a lot of their pre-race antics get better throughout the year. I think it, it peaked out at Bristol and Talladega when they had the stage set up. I don't know why it disappeared after those two races. Um, money, who knows what it was. I would love to see that kind of stuff back again because that reminds me of the glory days of NASCAR on speed. So, you know, I would like more stuff like that. No watermelon seed skits. And, but the commentary team, I think it's solid. I just see Irvin Alvarado in the chat. Keep zooming in, damn it. <laughs> Closer. Uh, but, but yeah, that, that's, that's my gripes. Bailey, I don't want to get you in trouble with anyone, but if there is something that you feel like you could could improve with the broadcast next year, do you have any suggestions? Uh, I mean, I don't know, Dan, I know you said you didn't like the in-car cameras, but I think everybody should have one. I think that would be because then, <laughs> everyone should have one, but I don't where there's action. Like if you yeah. go to a random live camera, there's nothing going on. But if there's something, if the guy's racing real hard, you could like go to his camera and you could see him in there working. 
because I mean, to me, that's one of the most entertaining things. I mean, if a guy's in there like driving the heck out of that thing, like I want to see that, like, that's cool. Uh, and then kind of how y'all talk about just some shots just aren't that good, but it's hard to get the perfect one every time, which is, it's hard to please people. It's hard to get the perfect one every time. I mean, things are going to get missed, but I definitely think like less zoomed in shots, like more overall shots where, where you can actually see stuff going on and, and kind of let the viewer decide what he wants to watch some of the time and not just lock the viewer into one specific thing where it's, it's harder to tell what's going on and you're going to, you might miss a few things. I like but that. I, the booth I thought was great all year. Like I, I love the rotating booth. I liked how we had different people coming in, different perspectives every week. Uh, I thought it was cool how they get like, you know, Jamie McMurray at Charlotte had success there. He could kind of tell you the ins and outs of what he did there. Uh, Kenny Wallace being local to St. Louis. I thought that was really cool. Was Tony Stewart at Sonoma. Uh, all those. I think you could even get like for dirt races, like, I don't know, get like some dirt racer in there to give their perspective. So I think that'd be really cool. That's a good I point. Like they, yeah, they Chad did do a good Canales. job choosing panelists. Chad Canals was perfect for the Richmond race because that was like mm. all strategy. It came down to strategy. Yeah. yeah. They, they got a little lucky it. on that one, but it did work out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but he, uh, that one where he like called it, he's like, usually after the second stage ends, there's a caution in the first 10 oh, laps. Yeah. And it's like 10 laps later, there's a <laughs> caution. I'm like, holy Jesus, no wonder you won seven championships. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap this up with you, Darian, then we'll move on finally. But uh, TV, thoughts, any changes? Uh, I mean, the booth's solid. I think it was solid for most of the year. Uh, the pit road reporters I thought were solid as well. I especially loved a, a new addition. What was his name? Josh Sims. He does yes. the truck mm-hmm. and Xfinity yeah, races sometimes. Yeah, He's he was, done really good. He was very solid all year. Um, um, I think um, the biggest change to me is uh, quite simple. It's the producers. Producers for the pre-race shows and for the broadcast stuff i mean the pre-race shows i mean that was a whole oh we were just we were just going over that stuff earlier in the year man we were just we were giving them the business earlier in the year, man. <laughs> it's not we weren't giving them a break bro to, uh-uh. to, to be fair i just want to say i don't think any of us are saying to fire any of these producers more or less though they are professionals to the point that i think they could make some better decisions it's, on what they've done the, obviously the the powers that be especially early in the year wanted to lean into the comedy they wanted it to feel like uh, almost like a saturday morning cartoon at times with the graphics mm-hmm. of drivers and stuff and some of that slapstick made it too far into the broadcast the grid walk the seed skit the weird larson and elliot like beef in the desert whatever that was where they dressed like a couple of fifth that was up the weirdest one yeah i yeah. don't know what that one was so they clearly made a conscious production decision to lean into that and i think they deviated from that as the season went on probably because they heard some of the criticism maybe there's always the plan i don't know but oh, I think, no, that, that's putting it lightly bro they they heard all of it i hope so. i they hope they all. did i honestly hope they did because <laughs> yeah. i do think they, they cleaned it up and it became a little more you, you just watch f1 you watch indycar especially for the indy 500 mm-hmm. and you see how how high stakes how seriously the broadcast treat the product and i feel like nascar and this year nascar on fox often did a disservice so um i think they improved as the year went on um and hopefully next year they continue to make those changes yeah and, and i'll give them credit to like the Xfinity broadcasts, like those ones, didn't have as much of that stuff I agree. in it, and the, and they were they were on it. It was like a well-oiled machine most of the year. Now I know we talked about the drivers-only broadcast, um, but when it was Adam Alexander and Ryan Blaney and Joey Logano, like the booth there was extremely solid, and it seemed like everything was rolling well. And towards the end of the year, 
it seemed like the cup broadcast incorporated more what the Xfinity ones were doing and the overall product got a lot better from it. Cause like if we're great in the first half, I would have said like a D minus, oh, but yeah. like the second half was like C plus B minus, like getting better every week. So like that, that's what I at least like is for the first time in probably four or five years, Fox improved as the year went on. And that's a good point. I, you know, I'm not saying next year is going to be like the two thousands all over again and top top broadcast, but I'm actually intrigued to see what they incorporate that they learned from this year into 2023. And I'm excited to see what NBC does the second half. Cause I've seen, I've found in recent years, it's almost like they hear the criticism of Fox and, and so do the able, exact opposite. They're able to yeah. bring some new bells and whistles to their half of the season. So I'm excited for Nashville here in a couple weeks. We spent a lot of time talking about TV, but we do need to talk about the playoff cut line for a second. Um, real quick, and I'm going to throw up a graphic in a second here for the fans at home watching. We have over 500 people tuned in live right now, and I do see your super chats. We will get to those at roughly the top of the hour. Really appreciate the support. Um, but right now, we have 12 different winners on the books. Ryan Blaney is currently 13th on the playoff grid, plus 95. Martin Truex is now plus 65. Christopher Bell is plus 28. And Eric Almarola had a solid points day, is the last guy in, plus 7. Kevin Harvick, still in the mix, but outside looking in, he is minus 7. Tyler Reddick has dropped to 18th, minus 42. Uh, Austin Dillon, his teammate, is minus 47. And Eric Jones had a rough week uh, weekend. He has also slipped to 20th, minus 55. Let me throw up the playoff grid graphic. Uh, fans watching home are seeing a, a mess of names and numbers all the way off to the left. You have the regular season standings, which Chase Elliott still leads. He's 16 points ahead of now Ross Chastain. Um, kind of below us here, you see what I was just reading off, the playoff grid as things currently stand. And we mentioned Daniel Suarez earlier. He's won a couple stages this year, so he actually has seven playoff points, and that would make him tied with Kyle Larson and Kurt Busch for the sixth seed if the playoffs were to begin today. So um, I want to start with you, Jarrett. The four guys that I just read that are below the cut line, Harvick, Reddick, Dylan, Jones, which of them has the best chance of winning a race or pointing their way in and blowing this whole thing up? Chance not going to like me. Kevin oh. Harvick. Harvick. I'm going, Kev I'm going Kevin Harvick because, again, Harvick is not having as bad of a season as people think. The dude has eight top tens in 16 races, which means he's one of only a few drivers who is either finishing the top ten half or more of the time. So the consistency is there. Um, on top of that, like I've, I said the week before, he he has the experience under pressure to win. I mean, again, he was nicknamed the closer for a reason. Like he was able to close things out. Now I get it. Kevin Harvick now probably isn't the same driver he was five years ago, but I have to think that experience is going to beat out somebody like Tyler Reddick, whose team has consistently let him down. The driver has made mistakes. Austin Dillon, I, I think Austin Dillon's too far back from Harvick. And then Eric Jones, well, just that's Murphy's Law. Like that, that team is Murphy's Law in the cut line. Um, Kevin Harvick, for me, is the driver who I every week can expect him to finish like seventh every week. Like he'll go a little higher or a little lower. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Harvick with this one. I know people won't like it, but yeah, I think chats, he, chats, chat seems to love Tyler Reddick, which I figured would be the popular pick. Danny, yeah. uh, do you think Reddick, Harvick, even I think you even have to consider like Alma Rola is probably going to need a win. I think 16th plus seven. I, I don't think that's safe. I think he may even need a win. Who do you think has the best shot at winning their way in? Alma Rola, I think it's going to take a little bit more luck. Harvick definitely can win. 
And I do, I do still think Reddick can win as well, but it's just he's going to have to really be able to finish those races out. He's had a lot of good opportunities already. It's already come and gone. You can't can't go back and change the past. So he's got to focus on trying to close out those races. Of those four outside of the cutoff line, though, um, I'll, I'll take the safe pick and say Harvick for sure. I thought you know Sonoma. This was. I mean, he's been fast. He had a good chance at winning Richmond. I remember that race came down to strategy, but this was his first race where I thought, you know, maybe Harvick can just go up there and take the win uh, all season long. Bailey, uh, who do you think of those guys we've been naming? Who do you feel? And maybe there's even someone we haven't mentioned, like Chris Buescher, Michael McDowell, a little further back. Like, who do you feel has the best shot at maybe blowing this whole thing up once again? I think the best shot, I mean, Tyler Reddick's been there the most and like, one of one of those is like he's got to he's got to get one of them. You'd think like, I mean he's been so close every time, and it's always been something silly. Like I mean, Charlotte he was really good. Like I thought he was going to win Charlotte for sure. Didn't win Charlotte, uh, but there's just been so many. And I'm trying to think of the tracks we got coming up. I mean Nashville, is will be a good one for him. I don't think it's not a place he'll win. Um, Atlanta RCR cars are always good at those style of like plate tracks and it's a mile and a half super speedway whatever you want to call it so that might be kind of a best of both worlds thing for them and I remember him leading laps there in the spring so uh, I mean I don't know it's hard to say because I mean I think Eric Jones led laps there in the spring as well or at least running up front he so, almost won Talladega so he's always a super speedway threat exactly too. exactly there's a couple wild cards coming up I think between the road courses, uh, Atlanta, and then Daytona. But I still think Reddick. I think Reddick's been the most consistent running up front all year, uh, and he's going to break through eventually, I think. Are you going to deviate, Darian? Oh, go ahead, Danny. I was just going to say, if I could pick someone who's a really far out there wild card just because there is still super two super speedway style races, I wouldn't rule out a Justin Haley to steal a super speedway race because he is so good at those tracks. He's proven the Xfinity Series. So I wouldn't rule out a Justin Haley win either. And you can't rule out Bubba Wallace. I think at this point he's done yeah. a lot, enough that you expect him to be up front at the super speedways. Uh, Dan, he, he come close to winning Atlanta earlier this year. He did. Same with Brad Kozlowski. Yeah, I yeah. can't forget about Brad. I See, I forget what everyone said, but a couple weeks ago we were talking about 16 winners, 15 winners. Yeah, man, I, I think there's going to be – I'll be surprised at this point if we don't get 15 different winners, especially when you consider Blaney and Truex haven't won yet. Yeah. Like. This, this, this season's wild. Dar- Darian, what's your take on this playoff picture? Definitely on paper, Harvick's like the favorite of the drivers below the cut line. Obviously, you can't count out Tyler Reddick, but like, again, it's just, it's, it, it has nothing to do with him. It's like mostly to do with his team. I, well, let me rephrase that. Some of it has to do with him. He has made some mistakes on the track in the past before, but then most of it, I feel like it's just, it's, it all falls back on the team he's driving for, too. I mean, RCR, I mean, I mean, they're not terrible. But they're certainly not a Hendrick Motorsports, you know, so he has to, you know, has to carry them a little bit more. But, I mean, I could see one of those two guys getting a win. I mean, you can make an argument for them. And then we're going to a few more road courses. You can make the argument, oh, hey, McDowell could still one of these road courses here. And then, hey, the super speedways, of course. I mean, hey, Atlanta's an extra super speedway now. So, I mean, Bubba Wallace, he was up front, you know, in those final laps. So, he could still one there. So, I mean, like. It, it, there's so many drivers like you just said eric who have yet to, to score a victory i mean like even above the cut line i mean let's see blaney truex those two i mean they're they're they, they look good they look really good on points right now but i mean those guys haven't gotten a win yet like 
I feel like those two will have to at least get one win. So then if you have 14 different winners, then that leaves two more spots based on points. I mean, if Christopher Bell, you know, obviously he had a bad race, but if he, you know, continues his streak of consistency like he did uh, before um, the previous race again, then he could easily get it on points. So this might be a hot take, but, uh, you know, obviously I'd say Almirola of the the four that are in right now is probably the weakest of them just because he Mm -hmm. hasn't been as consistent. But I'm kind of worried about Truex just because he's been, he over time in the, you know, last couple races, he's been losing a lot of points to that cut line and he has not been as consistent as in years past. He's, he's finished in the top five twice this year. And, you know, Suarez has more top fives than him. He has the same as, <laughs> as, as Austin Sindrick and he has the top tens to back it up with seven, but he's again, he's that lower half top 10 driver somewhere with Harvick, but it's just, I don't, you know, he has, he has less top fives and top it, tens than Kevin Harvick this year. It doesn't help with Truex that all this week, everyone's on Twitter has been talking about who's the next mm-hmm. driver 19 predicting he'll retire. Yeah. Oh, and, and I think that probably has a factor to do with it. I just, it, it, the, the trend right now for that 19 team has been more and more inconsistent. And yeah, I know that Bell didn't do, do so hot this week, but no one in Toyota did hot this week. If you're looking at who's been really well of those top four and who's been the most consistent in the last seven to eight races, Christopher Bell looks to be the safest pick of all of them. That's true. Um, so I, I would, I would say, I mean, one or two really bad races, a wreck at Atlanta at a super speedway or another no show from JGR at a, a road course. And we're talking about Truex on the same cut line as Harvick and Almirola. So I, that that's going to be an interesting story into the summer to watch. Uh, I, I think, but I, uh, also just got to say this, uh, a lot of these, you know, things that we're saying like the ifs and the buts, but you know, this past weekend, I think, I think Chase Elliott had the best car. If he hadn't made his mistake, we wouldn't even be talking about the Suarez win this week. I don't think, cause he, he still rallied to finish eight, six, eight. seven for something like that. So, you know, if that doesn't happen, we're probably not having the same conversation this week, but you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just racing. I, I feel like they yep. could keep going. We can basically we shout out like twenty five cars at this point. I know. <laughs> like, like, Congratulations <laughs> to the whole field. You're doing great, guys. Oh, just, everyone, everyone's in. Everyone gets the participation trophy. Everyone's in the playoffs. So we're halfway there already. Might as well. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do want to move on because we do still have a little more to get to, and we we need we do need to touch on the truck race. Um, every week we always talk about the the TV ratings. I'm just going to run through those real quick. Um, the uh, FS1 broadcast from Sonoma got a 1.3 rating, which is 13% lower than last year, uh, and 2.235 million viewers, also 11% lower. Uh, this is technically the lowest watched Sonoma race ever. Hate to be the bearer of bad news. That just is what it is. Um, uh, worth noting that pretty consistent with every other race this year, 21% of the audience um, was uh, fit into that 18 to 49-year-old demographic. So that's pretty consistent with most other races. Um, the truck race um, had, uh, drew in 777,000 viewers, which is pretty good for a truck series race on FS1 Saturday afternoon. Now, everyone wants to know Fox portion is over. So how did Fox as a whole compare this year to last year? It's kind of a, two different stories here. So uh, Jared, you may remember the exact number, but I know Fox, like the races that were on main Fox were actually up like double digit percentage yes. this year, even if you factor out the fact that last year's Daytona 500 was rained out. Whereas FS1 cable 
was down almost double digit percents, right? So, so. I'm, I, I'll have it pulled up. So I have a, I have the Fox network part on here. Fox was, was up 10% year over year, uh, about 4.6 million viewers per race on Fox this year compared to about 4.2 last year, a little under 4.2. Um, and overall, they were up 6%. And where that overall being up less than the main network is FS1 races. And a lot of this had to do with rain delays. I will acknowledge that. But FS1 races were down 19%. So the way that I kind of see it personally is that when NASCAR is put in front of more people, more people chose to watch it this year. Um, yeah, you, we could talk about the Daytona 500 rain out compared, but even when you take that out, Fox was still up uh, on the main network, whereas FS1 was down. So I, I think it's just a matter of, of doing what NBC has done this year and what Fox has done of putting it on the main network more. More people will watch NASCAR. There, there's, there's an openness to watch more racing. We've seen it with F1, we've seen it with IndyCar, and we've seen it with these numbers with NASCAR. So I'm wondering if if it's possible with the contract uh, over the next two years, if they're able to edit that and put a little more races on Fox and a little more on NBC, because I do think that people want to see it. They just don't have those channels. Yeah. You know? FS1 means cable. Cable is, is being cut. I, I know multiple people who in the last year have dropped cable or have gone to like a YouTube TV where very few channels, they only pay for a select few channels that they want. Um, so I, I just think people who have households that have FS1, I can't remember the exact, I think it was ESPN or something like year over year has lost tens of thousands of subscribers uh, in the US, might even been hundreds of thousands. So well, I want to say, I think since 2016, it's like the amount of people that have ESPN has went down like 20 million. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge number. Yeah, so so cable. I, I think a lot of it can be just chalked up to that. Less people have cable, so when the races are on cable, less people are able to watch. I know NASCAR always likes to talk about and often touts the. I think it's like the audience share, the percentage yeah. of people who are watching TV on Sunday afternoon who are tuned into NASCAR seems to be going up more often than not. So I guess that is a good sign. That's a, a kind of a positive we can end it on. Um, but yeah, like like we kind of said, kind of two different stories for Fox this year across cable versus network. Um, it's, it's actually really quick before we move on. Mm -hmm. It's the polar opposite of last year. Last year, the cable ratings were up and, and the, um, the network ratings were down. That had to be Daytona 500. It, yeah. it was pretty Postponed. much Daytona 500. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. It was the first year I think ever that the Daytona 500 wasn't the most watched race of the year. Jeez. So yeah. yeah. Dark times, dark times. Well, do the FS1 numbers, does that include like streaming? Like if I watch on my Xbox? Yes, they well, do. That includes streaming, YouTube yeah. TV, all of them. Wow. And I think those numbers, I know they've gone up, but for a while those streaming numbers were fairly negligible. Like it was something like 50,000 people hey, would stream it here's compared a, to, you know, 2 million that watched it or something. Here's a question I'm curious about because in case of us, we have like one family uh dish account that's mm -hmm. like ran by my father-in-law and essentially the family just all we have to do is log in through that through a streaming app so if i'm watching the race but my father-in-law is also watching the race is that counting as two separate views or one view what I, do you think it's all tabulated as two well it's i don't know if that does that count as streaming like is that a streaming number they're able to like 
check because otherwise it comes down to like if you're a Nielsen family or not. If you don't have a Nielsen box, your view is not technically being counted. They so, use uh, Nielsen families to estimate what who's watching. With the streaming side, I know that it's easier because those companies like a YouTube TV or a Fubo, yeah. like they can tell more in depth how many people are because the data goes directly to them. Yeah. I don't know if they send that to Nielsen or if they send that to Fox or whatever. Um, I know Fox Sports, for instance, like when they say 50,000, like they know to the number how many because it goes Mm -hmm. right to their app and right to their numbers. Um, But I mean, I would like to to think, though, that any numbers nowadays are probably going to be a little lower than what they actually are just because people, um, you know, people will just illegally stream them. I mean, (laughs) there was about a year and a half there where, I just found a link on YouTube and it's like, oh, they're showing a race here. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you know, like, because yeah, I, I didn't have a TV there. I remember the Daytona 500 was the worst day for anyone working on the NASCAR YouTube channel because I saw so many streams that were popping mm-hmm. up on YouTube that day, just streaming the Daytona 500. <laughs> I love our chat. They're lobbying an alternative suggestions NASCAR on Food Network, NASCAR on A&E. Oh, yeah. NASCAR on Cartoon Network. The Weather Channel. No, we don't want NASCAR on the Weather Channel. That no. usually means bad things. Yeah. yeah, that's not a good thing. NASCAR on Hulu. Now it means. It's the Weather Channel. So. <laughs> so, side note, I, I wanted to say this. So we just got this new TV, and it's a Vizio, and it's got a ton of free to watch live channels on it. Are so they I guess paying more... you to say this, Danny? <laughs> no, 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 no they're, they're really not. I just want to say, though, it's kind of nice. You know, I've heard of Racing America, but now I've got to actually experience what Racing America is. It's a free-to-watch channel here on this, and you know, it's a lot of online-made content just being put onto a digital free television service. And I was like, this is actually kind of nice. Just there's a there's a free way to get some kind of motorsports content, watch some short track racing. You know, I thought that was kind of nice. Meanwhile, I, I just watched Jerry Springer on my Roku TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, some that's these, all I have. <laughs> some of these are great in this in the chat. I'm just seeing more of them, like NASCAR on Nick Effing Jr., yeah. <laughs> NASCAR on Disney Channel, NASCAR with T Pain. Someone says NASCAR <laughs> on Bailey Curry. I mean, we could have it on on your new website, yeah. Bailey. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't think this one would go over too well. Nickelodeon deal would be cool though. I mean, I'm pretty sure NFL like has a Nickelodeon game, and they have like different slime effects and things like that so that might be cool for a race yeah that's not too far out of the realm of possibility yeah sweet well sorry well if we're able to move on so i know we've covered a lot so far we're closing in on the first hour um but we got to get to the to darian's favorite segment oh yes that's right the poll the famous iceberg poll i didn't blow anybody so every week uh jared here polls uh viewers of the show on using his youtube community tab uh i saw i I spoil it i saw you got over i think fifteen thousand votes that's a pretty high number Mm -hmm. so what did our viewers think of today's or this weekend's race (laughs) So they were generally pretty positive with it. 31% of them thought that it was great, and 42% said it was good. So 73% positive. I voted, yeah, I voted good too. Uh, 20% voted with me on, on it being average. 4% said it was below average, and 3% said bad. So 7% net negativity. Again, about in line with what we have this year. Now, Eric, I don't know if on your end the comments line up with the way that it does on my end, but the first comment was from Tasmanian Racer 29. Awesome. Uh, y'all want to guess if it's positive or negative? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, ripping positive. 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 Sounds like a good old Aussie. Yeah. Uh, so it, it is six years of trying, six years of frustration, 
Daniel Suarez will come to take the checkered flag. And then he could like dot, dot, dot. Solid race. Um, That's positive. That's pretty positive. positive. Suarez fan. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, Looking at some of the ones in the chat, the most upvoted one was from Tank Slapper, who said, what an abnormal race. Underdog teams executing flawlessly while the championship contenders make mistake after mistake. It's such a breath Mm -hmm. of fresh air to see different people up front and win. Parody. I love parody. Uh, then John Smith says McDowell with that P3 was absolutely phenomenal today. He didn't get his position today due to strategy or chaos at the front. He was just purely fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, another one here says, I think the race was pretty good and it's cool to see Daniel get his first win. There's a lot about Daniel Suarez and a lot of, of course, a lot of different people. So being, Coca-Cola ran a full page ad in USA today. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yep. I saw Adam Stern reported that. Uh, see what's, what's really cool is all the ones about Daniel Suarez. I'm seeing more Mexican flags than I think I've ever seen in my comment sections before. Hey, when hey, when when somebody has like Mexican Hispanic, like when they win in sports, oh, they we, show out, they support him. We glossed over this, but yeah, they know acknowledge this on on FS1. But he's only the fifth uh, international driver, non-American driver, to win a NASCAR mm-hmm. Cup Series race. I, I didn't realize the number, the list was that short. I figured it was short, but not that short. So that's yeah. a pretty impressive it was, accomplishment. It was actually a huge gap between the last one before Juan Pablo and then Juan Pablo. Yeah. 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 It's been a while. Uh, man, this is a nice, uh, nice username. Idiot America says, <laughs> it was my first in-person NASCAR race and it didn't oh. disappoint. Oh, nice. That's good to hear. That's cool. Um, Bruh, I'm a pigeon has left us the national anthem of Mexico. Oh, we're getting those comments again. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, yes. this one works though. Yeah, it, it actually fits. It's not well random. timed. I try and read part of it, but I. Good. I oh, can't. try. Oh, go for it. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's a few things that, <laughs> a few lines I have. Um, Como estas? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> oh, say, how are you? <laughs> this is, this one's pretty good because I was there. I was I was in this headspace for the the All Star race. Uh, Brandon Keller leaves us a comment saying, "I passed out drunk ten laps in and woke <laughs> up about sixty laps in to see Brad Kozlowski was in the lead. I was on cloud nine for three laps, although Suarez <laughs> won the race. But this was but this race poured on." Uh, Poured some hot, hopeful soup for RFK and Brad K fans. Hot, I've never heard of that. Hopeful it was soup. his first top 10 since the Daytona 500. That is true. Oh, wow. That's yeah. right. Oof. All right. There, there's a lot of positive comments. Can Let's find go one negative. One, oh, one negative. Bo- we'll just go all the way to the bottom. There's like, I think, four or 500 comments here. Let's go to the bottom because those are always the ones that are the most downvoted and negative <laughs> ones and funniest ones. <laughs> Oh my God! I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read through them very quickly just to make sure I can read. Um, okay, I'll read the last four. Dingo Overlord says, "Kind of a boring race, to be honest." That's not too bad. Yeah, that's uh, tame. I, yeah, it's high. The, the third most downvoted is from I Zombie PC, who says, "Terrible. This race has been. Uh, this has been a terrible season. Hedrick Motorsports <laughs> is absolutely horrible." Larson's fallen off really bad, and Elliot isn't much better. Well, obviously, yeah, to- totally not a Hendrick fan at all. Totally. I mean, yeah. they only have how many wins this season? Yeah, like all of them have won. 
<laughs> what's he mad about all of them have won bro the second most downvoted one which is actually this wasn't downvoted it's just here because it was the newest one is from evan neculo says last uh instead of first and then the most downvoted comment was from wayne seal uh, it says great bubba blew up and kyle sucked <laughs> which kyle well, I guess yeah Bush. which kyle what's i mean kyle? larson yeah. was good until he um, until the tire yeah I'm, I'm gonna assume that it, it's probably kyle bush knowing nascar fans it, yeah. it has one comment that's a dude calling him a bozo <laughs> we love good youtube comment section banjo. well good yeah. stuff good stuff thank you everyone for voting on uh i jared the icebergs poll uh darian you can close us out Oh, yes, yes. Thank you guys for voting on the poll, the famous iceberg poll. Every, everything is famous. Everything is lovely. Um, real quick, we've hit one hour. Uh, before we let you go, Bailey, we appreciate you sticking with us uh, through the first half of the show. We do want to touch on the truck race. Um, not a whole lot to get to here. Kyle Busch won. It's his uh, 62nd career truck series win. The real story there is that he avoided going over this year. He was one for five mm-hmm. in truck series starts. He could have gone winless for, I think they said, like the first time ever or something like that in the truck series for a season. Uh, but he gets the win. And uh, we'll keep talking about Daniel Suarez. That was the other big story. Uh, Carson Hosevar nursing a broken ankle, started the, the race. Got, got the pole. Yeah, let's start. Won the pole. And then uh, got then Daniel Suarez, of course, filled in midway through stage one uh, and came back to finish sixth. So post of our salvage points trying to make the playoffs. Jared, did you have any uh, major takeaways from the, the truck race? It was cool. This is the first truck race at Sonoma in how Since long? 98. Since 98. 98, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I th- I'll be honest. I thought it was better than the cup race just because you had a lot of more inexperienced drivers who just decided to run into each other. You know, because it – with it being so hard to pass, I knew that was how it was going to be. Um, I did think it was funny. I was, I was watching the race with my grandparents and like, I think I, I want to say it was, um, my grandpa was like, Oh, Haley Deegan's running well. And um, he says it, yeah. Haley Deegan in the wall. It's she qualified like, well. She, let's, yeah, let's she qualified well. Unfortunately though, she has yet to score a top 10 this season. And I mean, she's coming off a season where she only scored one top 10 last year. So it's yeah, not unexpected. It's, it's not, not great. But it was so a run of the mill Sonoma race. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just impressed with how Hosevar did like broken ankle. I believe they said broken tibia too. So it's like one of those ibias. I don't know which one <laughs> I, I've, yeah. I've done both. And I can tell you, I was in no condition whatsoever a week later to drive a race car or but he scores car. the he scores the pole immediately on, on a road course like, hey, oh, man based on what i saw on twitter it seems like he's doing pretty well he, it looked like he said he was off his crutches now so he doesn't need a replacement driver this weekend let's just put it that way so you'll be good to go the I mean, entire that's the toughest places to go with a broken ankle is a road course dude mm-hmm. i mean the and a, you gotta have a, a dirt track to follow it too yeah i mean dirt tracks i don't know you're not shifting as much i mean your right foot is mm-hmm. like even on the downshift and with the blips, like it's, you have to be so quick with that. And honestly, trucks, the way the RPM range is so small, it's kind of, you got to be really accurate with that stuff. Cause I, I ran the truck race at Coda a few years ago and it's definitely harder with that smaller RPM range. You're like 1500 less than what you'd have in an Xfinity or kind of car. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, a gutsy performance for sure. Kyle Bush gets the win. Anyone surprised? I think. I think all of us except Danny went with Alex Bowman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was I, in contention. He was in contention. He, he was doing pretty good. They just messed up on the pit stop and he got caught up in a yeah. mess back there. So yeah. 
Uh, I but... got one right. <laughs> Ooh, Kyle Busch. Hey, at, at least I went with the central pick for the cup race because that helped me not drop like a rock too much. Yeah, thankfully. I'm excited to look at pick points. I know the chat's very excited about <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, before we let you go, Bailey, actually, I do want to ask you that question. Uh, since we have an Xfinity Series driver here, how do you feel when you see guys like Kyle Busch, these cup guys come down and race a bunch of races? Like, I feel like that's been a debate for years at this point, but like, is that something that you're okay with? Do you like it? Do you do you like the rule the way it is now? How do you feel about that? I'm all for it. I mean, the goal is to get to the cup series, so you might as well race the cup guys and Xfinity and try to get used to that. I mean, I know that might not be the popular opinion, and there was a time where, like, the Bush race was just a cup race too. Yeah. But then again, at the same time, the cup guys, they put people in the stands. And uh, I think that was a, a good reason, like a good – that's why you had so many standalone events back in the day that could survive. Like you could go to Milwaukee, you could go to IRP, you could go to Pikes Peak, whatever. You'd have cup guys there that could put people in the stands and actually allow us to race at some of those cool racetracks like that. Whereas with just a regular Xfinity field, you might not get that. Uh portland had a ton of people at it but that's you know it's the first time i've ever raced there so that's kind of expected but you know i wish we could go to like milwaukee and places like that but i think without it being a companion race and not having too many cup guys in the field you might you might not fill out the stands like you'd want to so it's it's really hard uh, but i'm all for it i i, th- I don't really think it, there's no drivers out there that i have ever met that are against it like they're all for it i mean you're going to hopefully race against those guys one day, so you might as well get used to it now. Yeah, it's always, people have always said, you know, it's good to see where you stack up and, and maybe even learn something from some of the best. So uh, that, that, that's an interesting you know, thought. That's a good point about you know, standalone events and everything like that and how they stay afloat um, in the modern day. Um, but I think we appreciate you joining us, uh, Bailey. We'll go and let you get out of here. It's your, this is your like off week or off period yeah. of the year. We'll let you enjoy mm-hmm. your break. Uh, but one yeah, last time... Break. But one last time, you've got a, a giveaway. You're giving away a ghost die cast uh, on your website. Um, tell us about that one more time. Where can people go to find find that and check it out? Yeah, you can go to uh, – I think you can use two URLs, two URLs. It's either baileycurry.com or bcurry.com. I think either one will work. Uh, but, yeah, just go there. It's on the homepage. Just fill out your email, and uh, that will get you entered to win in the contest. And while you're there, check everything else out too. Nice. Sweet deal. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, going to be giving that away here, I think, on the 23rd. So you have uh, about a week to enter, almost a little over a week to enter that giveaway. Bailey, thank you so much for being on the first half of the show. We'll let you get going. Uh, we right, appreciate yeah, man, it, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Deal, man. Yeah. Sweet deal. And as we get into the second half of the show, we did get a number of super chats. I want to read uh, the first batch of those, get through as many as we can. If one of y'all has a, a short timer going, um, I'll just jump right in. Uh, before the show started, Cavante Caldwell sent a couple super chats. Uh, first one said, remember Suarez got booted for Cole Custer. That mm. has aged poorly. That is a, a fair point. Yeah, very uh, poorly. He also said, uh, Larson, even with bad luck, has become the consistently fastest Hendrick driver over the last few weeks. But because it's him, I think we forget that. Like, I guess maybe he's saying that, you know, we, we kind of expect the best from Larson. So just, you know, good top 10 runs aren't really doing it. I, that, that's, there's a good point there. Mm-hmm. Um, Napa Racing fan uh, sent it to and asked, why do some NASCAR fans hate road courses? Oh, that's been like, even my mom is still like iffy on them. I don't know. I guess it's just something with older fans too. I mean, like mostly, just they prefer ovals. 
reminds me of other forms of racing that's not NASCAR, I guess. Yeah. I think I it's know. the less passing opportunity is probably the biggest thing. And also my mom's like, she's like very, she's like, oh, I just like watching ovals just because like, oh, you can see the whole thing. You know, yeah. with road courses, you can't, you know, it's so big. But yeah, I that's get fair. it. Uh, I mentioned Twisted Nipples earlier. Uh, <laughs> said he won money on Suarez, uh, picking him nice. to win this week. Um, but he also says he took the he took some of his payout uh, to Ticketmaster and bought tickets for Bristol, only his second race. He's asked, oh. he asked, what are my must-dos and don'ts for Bristol? Danny, I feel like you can Ooh. probably chime in best on this. Definitely bring a lot of cash and go check out all of the tent vendors that are outside Bristol. As far as tracks goes, None of them beat the amount of independent vendors you're going to find outside mm-hmm. of track than Bristol. And Bristol just seems to attract them all from out of the woodwork. And the food place too. What is it called again, Danny? Oh yeah, go go, go check out Pals while you're in there. Yeah, they got, they got good fries there. Uh, as far as far as Bristol goes, though, if you drive a Toyota, you can park for free at the mm-hmm. Toyota parking lot. A Toyota, Lexus, or Scion. If you have any of those, you can park for free. And if you don't, it's only twenty bucks to yeah, park. It's twenty bucks. Cheap. That's not that far. Um, I would say get there kind of early just to take it all in. And uh, overall, just have fun. Good stuff. Edible Giraffe 59 uh, says, <laughs> Before Charlotte, I jinx Suarez. This time I say his odds are not that great and he wins. Guess I should stop talking. Darian, you got a, a contender for, for a top jinxer over here. Hey, yeah. Rival. To be fair, Darian did not jinx him. You tweeted about him, but you did not jinx him. Hey, 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 sometimes, hey, hey sometimes I don't jinx anybody too, you know. But, curse but, 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 but every other week I do have multiple people always tell me to stop talking, but I never listened. So. Uh, Andrew Mayer uh, sent five and said, all those takes on Trackhouse possibly reconsidering or reevaluating Suarez have aged like milk in mm-hmm. the Sahara. Okay, May many more not, taco pinatos be smashed. <laughs> let, let's not let's not forget, though, that he hasn't been consistent this yeah, year. Yeah, like, that's fair. It's a good story, but like it doesn't change the first 15 races. Yeah, or the first five to five Four, and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. Uh, yeah yeah uh gavin adcock sent 10 hey Jarrett, i love the video on road courses to add to it do we want to keep getting rid of 1.5 mile tracks with how good they've been this year for more road courses uh by the way we hit three minutes um i wouldn't get rid of all of them i mean i'm i'm a big proponent of chicagoland um (laughs) but i would say just you know mile and a half each track should have one race even if it races well i think the more schedule diversity you get the better and my sweet spot right now is four to five road courses i think we've overshot just a little bit and nascar can just reel it in a little bit i yeah i agree i i I don't think really taking too much off i I think it's just getting the best value for your your buck at this point best bang for your buck that's another way to say it too love it and uh we will get to the remainder the remaining super chats at the very end of the show we really appreciate your support thank you all so so much for sending in your comments and questions before we get to the lightning round uh, we have to thank our first sponsor lionel racing the official die cast of nascar you can order the new 2022 die cast uh, of your favorite nascar driver now at lionelracing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. We've got the bumper cams going right here on Zoom. Um, and be sure to check out the latest NASCAR Authentics uh, diecast wave at a Walmart or other major retailer near you. I've seen a few uh, a few uh, 2022 next-gen 164 scale cars are starting to make it to some of the merch haulers, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, but what, gentlemen, what kind of cars do you have to show off? I see an autograph on Danny, so I'm going to start with him. Danny, what is that beautiful piece? 
This is a 2008 Jimmy Johnson Lowe's Impala SS. This is from his third championship season of the seven. And I got this autograph from him back at Talladega in 2017, I think. Nice. That's a cool piece. What do you have there, uh, Darian? That looks delicious. So this is a Matchbox 1991 Dick Trickle number eight Snickers Ford Thunderbird. Now I Whoa. believe this this was ran in the Cup Series, I believe. So, but um, this was uh, one of the many cars he ran. But also uh, my favorite part of this car. Look at these big tires, though. <laughs> Matchbox. They were like, hey, yeah. hey, put Monster the biggest truck. damn tires. That's my Dick Trickle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you gotta chill jared <laughs> i'm sorry i love good i love good diecast good yeah. wordplay matchbox matchbox said how big do you want the tires i said yes we want it big 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 anyway i uh i have a tony stewart unopened rookie car uh, from when he won three uh three races i'm gonna come over uh, there and open it <laughs> but uh <laughs> No, I, 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 I figured I've never had one that I've shown that's been unopened before, and this one's been unopened since. Well, it it, it was released in two thousand, but made in ninety nine. So this thing has been unopened in, God, let's see, twenty three years. Wow, Damn. mint condition. Yes, sir. That's beautiful. Well, I'm showing off one I showed on my show the other day. This is a custom that was sent to me by Doug Mount, and I want to give him another shout-out. He made a uh, a custom die-cast of Jeremy Clement's Las Vegas playoff car from last year, which was also, coincidentally, the first race that uh, we out of, here at Out of the Groove um, had our logo on. The first time we had our logo on an Xfinity car, a playoff car. Uh, the camera's going to be totally blown out, but you can kind of see it on the door next to the 51. Very <laughs> accurate, very impressive, and I really appreciate Doug um, putting this together and sending it to me. A really, really cool sentimental add to the collection. And, and, and you were there as well for that, Darian. I yep. appreciate all your uh, awesome. help and support and, that weekend. That was then, a good time. Fun fact, I have sheet metal from that exact car That's hanging right. up in my NASCAR. He bought right. it. He bought it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, awesome stuff. So thank you to Lionel Racing. We always love talking about diecasts here on the show. Jarrett, I think I uh, we were talking about NASCAR on the Weather Channel earlier. We're about to turn to the Weather Channel because I think we have a breaking news story. There's hail, tornadoes, hurricanes. Jared, Darian's ducking for cover. The Smart. There's a fire tornado coming towards us. It's a total disaster. It's what is it? There Derek? needs to be a tornado warning or a lightning word because it's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Jared, what do we mean? My segues have gotten less and less smooth on that. <laughs> Darian, I gotta say that was kind of one of your weaker lightning rounds. Yeah, I, I don't want to <laughs> see. I don't want to blow out the mic anymore. That's the thing. I feel bad now. <laughs> well, uh, we got a few things this week. First off, the Bush Light Clash is confirmed to be back at the LA Coliseum nice. on February fifth. 2023 uh for the first and we, we talked about this earlier but i think just having the stat fully read out would be really cool for people at home for the first time since 2007 their first year in cup toyota failed to place a driver above 17th position in a race as kurt bush wow. was the highest finishing toyota oh. in p18 uh mark shrix jr is quote getting closer to a decision and quote has said he has had a great career which i think we mm. we kind of figure where that's leading his yeah his uh, comments on tv this week were very like 
you know, I've had a good run. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, like it was great while it lasted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kellogg's is actually, you know, we talked about something leaving NASCAR and Truex. Well, Kellogg's seems to be cutting back into NASCAR to promote its puffed product line with activations at Nashville, Atlanta, and Michigan. No word yet if they'll be on a car. Uh, Jimmy Johnson has a new book coming out, and the foreword was written by Michael Jordan. Uh, Cody Ware and Rick Ware Racing have been docked 20 driver and owner points for failing inspection four times before qualifying on Saturday. They run to Bob Pockris, and well, let's be real, it didn't really help that much. Uh, Josh Sims, we talked about him earlier. Uh, he has been added on as the Wednesday night host of NASCAR Race Hub now. He's in the lineup. Sweet. NASCAR has changed your testing policy. For elite credential drivers, paving the way for track houses, Project 91 team and drivers. And then this last one I wanted to add in. I know it's not a big news story, but <laughs> if you look up Gateway and turn three at Gateway on Google Maps. There's a new business. It, it has been renamed Chastain's Beef Buffet. I'm not joking either. <laughs> like it's actually named it's there. on Google it's Maps. There. Now maybe look it's it changed since then. Maybe someone caught it. But yeah. Like as of four thirty in the afternoon, Gateway's turn three is called Chastain's Beef Buffet. So <laughs> yeah, that's lightning around. I was gonna pull it up real quick, but my browser's being weird. But yeah, I looked earlier today, and yes, Chastain's Beef Buffet. It had five <laughs> stars. There was one review that said he was disappointed with they served watermelon or beef and not watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was yeah, really good. It, it, it's uh, it's still there. It says it would take me four hours and fifty-five minutes to drive to the Chastain's oh. Beef Buffet. <laughs> We have to go down there. <laughs> Amazing. That's beautiful. Thank you That's for great. for that, Jared. Thank you for putting together the lightning round as you do every single week. Before we get rolling with the second half, really the preview half of the show, if you will, um, we have to thank our other sponsor, Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Y'all know this already, but I'll tell you it to you again. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. It's for do-it-yourselfers all the way up to professional metalworkers. Forney has everything you need for your next major project. Shop all of Forney's top of the line products at fornyind.com. I'll spell it out for you one more time. That's F-O-R-N-E-Y-I-N-D, I-N-D.com, uh, or check them out at an authorized Forney dealer near you. That link is down in the description below. Um, before we officially get into the preview portion, before we talk Knoxville, before we talk about the SRX, he who must yes. not be named. Yes. Um, Let's talk a little more about schedules and schedule creativity. I thought it was interesting when Bailey was here and he made the comment that, you know, having cup guys, big names in the field, allow the Xfinity series to go race one-off events at some you know, long missed and in some cases forgotten racetracks. Um, but going into 2023 and beyond, NASCAR president Steve Phelps said that NASCAR is going to continue to be bold and innovative and talked about how he believes there's room for a street course on the schedule. Um, we know they've been working to try and put Chicago as a street course, bring that to the schedule in some point in the near future. It sounds like that continues to hit snags along the way. Um, but gentlemen, I've been long proposing that they bring the stadium concept. They use the stadium clash Coliseum concept elsewhere. They bring maybe for the all-star race in, in May, they run a stadium race anywhere in the country, maybe for the clash, even in the future, they start to rotate between a few different venues. I think the stadium concept should be reserved for those exhibition races. And you can even theoretically bring the stadium concept to a place like Bowman Gray or North Wilkesboro, I think. So, gentlemen, do you think there's 
any other great opportunities, either A, for a street course, a stadium race, maybe an international race, maybe all of the above. Uh, Danny, start us off. Do you, are there any that immediately come to mind that you'd say, hey, I want NASCAR to continue to be bold and innovative and do this? Well, I, I think there's a few options. A few cool markets would be potentially, you know, definitely in a warmer month, maybe try a stadium race in New York City. Try it where the Giants play or something like that. Um, you know, you could tap back into the Chicago market or something like that. You know, there's a straight course idea. There's, of course, there's Chicago and it's a whole other story there. But, you know, they have stadiums there, too. We could try something really random. Let's go to Lambeau Field up in Wisconsin. Let's try Blech. that. Yeah. Oh, hey, oh. hey, if it's just NASCAR, it. it's if a it's dump. Just, if it's just NASCAR, Jarrett. No. Wouldn't no. be the biggest market up there. But. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 okay, okay. And I'll read it. I did that one just to piss off Jarrett. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Uh, uh, no, no. There, there's like a vomit. The Clash proved you can take that concept and make it work anywhere. There's realistically, though, I think a, a cool market would be seeing New York City getting some kind of NASCAR experience. What I want to see. Uh, Broadway shut down for us or not? Bro- yeah, Broadway. Yeah, Broadway Times Square. I wouldn't want to see that Wall shut Street. down for for NASCAR, but you know, NASCAR think- shuts down Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the stocks! The, the, the Great Depression Part Two started when NASCAR. All because of a NASCAR race. <laughs> Did everything that all the protesters in 2009 wished they could have done. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know. I, that's when it comes to my mind new york city i think it'd be cool to do something where the giants play that that's the biggest thing that comes to my mind what about the rest of you guys stadium street Ooh. courses do you want more you want less i'll get sorry bring back chicago in but i will say this about the chicago area street course might not be a good option just because chicago politics is stupid and chicago is not great but there is a certain stadium that is going to be vacant soon of a subpar nfl team (laughs) and that is soldier field now it looks like a spaceship and has been completely mutilated in the 2002 redesigns but you know what if the the city owns it so the city could make money off of it so they could use that as a pitch they could race in soldier field as a street course now you can't do that or is yeah 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 you can see how much I actually do want a Chicago race, but this is an option. You can't do it as a clash because Chicago in February, no, just no. Snow race. Yeah, I'm pretty sure NASCAR fans complained, like us complained about being in 30 to 40 degree weather at Martinsville. I would not want to see how people would, would be in like negative five degrees. But it could be an option if SMI is willing to budge for the all-star race in May which is relatively good weather. And with it being such a short track, you might be able, even if it rains, to use the rain tires or use as testing ground for the rain tires. Just saying, if you want to have the Chicago market, I think that might be the best option. You have the parking available and the, the necessary available space around it to, to hold a NASCAR-sized event. I don't, you know, I mean... That place hasn't probably been sold out since 2010. So <laughs> they're used to a NASCAR sized crowd um, of like 50,000. Uh, so that, that'd be an option. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I personally don't like the street course idea just because Illinois roads. Um, what is it going to hit a pothole? Going to cost yeah. large Dude, in a season? Yes. But- <laughs> Dude, yes, dude. There's, there's, there's been times where I've literally fallen into a, like I've, I've driven into a pothole, and I've been like three states down and then come back up into <laughs> Illinois. Like, the, the, like Illinois infrastructure is awful. 
Um, Danny, you could probably vouch for me on this one, having been through Illinois. Yeah. But you were in the good part of Illinois. If you will go, I just posted my vlog of my gateway experience today. So if you'll watch that after the podcast, you will see at the closing with me and Claudia, how bumpy that road was as we were leaving. That's the good half, <laughs> by the way. The southern half is the good half. Oh, geez. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I, I like overall. I like the Soldier Field idea, but but I'm starting to kind of head to your side on Chicagoland. I think NASCAR needs to be in Chicago. Period. Street race would be cool as a one-off. Chicagoland, great mile and a half. Soldier Field maybe has the most staying power though. But uh, Darian, what do you think? What are, ideas do you have? I this mean, is a I'm brainstorming all... session. We just have like a whiteboard right here, just scribbling <laughs> these all down. Steve I'm Phelps watches the... every episode. He's like he's taking notes <laughs> as we speak. I'm all of the above with trying anything new. I mean, like whether it's street course, stadium, whatever. I mean, like for the stadium idea specifically, I think what would be a, a spectacular a, 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 a spectacular idea if you want to rotate this thing and or you know even add more uh, stadiums uh, to the schedule. I mean, what you could do is have like a rotating like stadium race every year, like down south. I mean, college football, we know college, um, college football is huge, but especially down south. So like you race at these stadiums and, you know, NASCAR predominantly the Southern sport anyway. So it makes sense. I'm talking races at a uh, uh, South Carolina Gamecock Stadium. That's pretty huge. You know, a race at, a, you know, Crimson Tide Stadium. Hey, Cotton maybe Bowl the, Stadium uh, in Dallas. Yeah. It replaces yeah. Texas Motor Speedway. I'd take that. Yeah. I would love to see a race at Gainesville too, uh, where the Florida Gators play. I think that's Gainesville, right? Gainesville, Florida. Yeah, yeah they, yes. they call that one the Swamp. Yeah, the Swamp. Yeah, that'd be Na- cool. Nayland Stadium holds close to a hundred five thousand, I think. And if we want to maybe talk about like stadiums that have uh, have a uh, a retractable roof, a hey, perhaps the Houston Texas Stadium, Reliant Stadium. Hey, I like I I love their dome though. I I love their stadium. It's a nice stadium though. There. Yeah. Let's let's just give. Uh, Texas Motor Speedway, the rights to Jerry's World for one night, and that can there be what the All Star races. It's all going to come down to the space, like because I, I, I know the Coliseum, I think, had a little more space to work with than a lot of football stadiums. So, like, as fun as it is, and maybe they could make even like Jerry World work. Maybe they could work make some of these other work. I don't know how realistic all of them are. I don't think any stadium you can just say go. Like, you're not going to go to the Oakland Coliseum and say go. Maybe you could, but I don't know. Like, not necessarily. So, you know, it's easier said than done. I do think Soldier Field's possible. I mean, NASCAR did race inside Soldier Field way Once. back in, like, the 50s or whenever the heck it was. Three-tenths so. of a mile track at that. Mm-hmm. That's a bit that's bigger than the Coliseum was, I guess, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think stuff was, stuff was weird in the 50s. I mean, the cars yeah. were probably smaller. I don't know. I don't know if they were. Cars, well, and the track was made of wood. That good times, like a boardwalk. <laughs> I miss, I miss those wood, those wood tracks. I miss those. Things. NASCAR died when wood tracks. <laughs> yeah, died. when we stopped making yeah. tracks out of wood. Yeah, the debate is on: should Bristol be dirt, concrete, asphalt? No, Bristol wood. Bristol wood. <laughs> Bristol no, what water. kind of wood? Cedar, cedar. <laughs> boat racing from now on. Just screw it. Airplane yeah. racing. That's just every element but asphalt. <laughs> Drone racing. Ooh. I mean, theoretically, by now we should have had flying cars. We should be talking about flying NASCAR races at this point. So, yeah. who do you think would well, be? Well, I the mean, best? NASCAR's ex- and NASCAR said they were exploring In the February. Flying cars I remember that. Yeah, they were exploring. Oh, that. About oh, that. So, God, hey, we might not even shit. need tracks anymore Eric, because <laughs> the cars are going to be in the air, so it's not even going to be necessary. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's a funny question: If NASCAR ever becomes flying car racing, do you think they'll still race ovals? 
I hope so. <laughs> Just do it. It's, it's it so redundantly stupid. Uh, I would love it. Oh no, we've got a caution. Look out! <laughs> basically, if you guys watch the cartoon NASCAR racers ever, that's basically what NASCAR would be like if they wanted to make it into a flying series. No, it'd be it'd be like the old Fox Sports commercials where like the planes all of a sudden turn into military jets. Oh, I remember those. Yeah, I remember those. Ones. God, that was such a pandering commercial. <laughs> but <laughs> We should have known when we saw that. We should have known who would have won the fan vote in the yeah. uh, iRacing series. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no, but I, if we're looking international, like you know, depending on what the the hell they do, you know, if they're they're ever open fully Canada. <laughs> yeah, Montreal. Um, I want to go back to I, I Montreal. I Montreal. Montreal, man. Yeah, that place. Yeah, they're having the uh, the uh, the Canadian GPs this weekend. So if you want to watch Montreal, get a taste of it again. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Mexico City is certainly on the on the mm-hmm. table as well. And I think you see some of the the buzz Daniel Suarez's win created. Oh this yeah, past week. dude, I, I said it earlier, bro. Bro, he has a whole country behind him. If he keeps winning consistently, that whole country is going to support him. Man. They support their winners. I love it. Absolutely. Well, good speculation. Got a lot of fun and some good meme uh, responses in the live chat here. Um, but we're going to begin to wind things down and start to look ahead. It's an off weekend for the NASCAR Cup Series, the only off weekend of the season, which we could make a whole topic out of that. Should NASCAR have another off week, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this, is, week of the year. this is the one off week of the year for the Cup Series, but NASCAR is not completely uh, silent this weekend. Saturday night, Knoxville, Iowa, the truck oh, no. series will oh, race no. there. We remember how last year's race <laughs> yeah. went, right? Oh, no. It was beautifully great. Great. <laughs> it was something great. else. So hey, we're gonna let's see if NASCAR blocks this race from making videos on the we're gonna... <laughs> that's what they did. That's what they did. I'm sorry, that's what they did last year. That's how bad the race was. I can't say I blame them to be honest. <laughs> well, we're gonna pick the truck winner and we're also gonna pick the SRX winner because the SRX returns this weekend as well. Also Saturday night. Uh, here, let me just let me just redo the start times real quick because I think they conflict a little bit. Uh, the truck race, the Clean Harbors 150, is 150 laps. It begins at 9 p.m. Eastern on FS1, so a late start time there. It's also on PRN radio. 91-degree uh, weather, 5% chance of rain. It'll probably cool off as the race begins, but, uh, yeah, sounds like it should be dry. Austin Hill, uh, if you can remember, out of all the chaos last year, did win this race a year ago, and he, I believe he's in the – is he in the field? Or is he not? No, no he's not in the field. No, 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 no. He's, he's full-time Xfinity. He's full-time Xfinity. Xfinity. I forgot he's yeah. full-time Xfinity. Um, yeah. He's made, like, one truck race this year. That's why I'm, yeah. I'm getting mixed up. Um, the SRX race starts an hour earlier, 8 p.m. Eastern, on CBS. That's main CBS. They're racing down in Florida, Five Flags Speedway. Um, it's 98 degrees uh, and with a 25% chance of rain. Basically sounds like Florida in the summer. Of course, the race is at night, so again, it'll hopefully cool off a little bit for fans who will be there in attendance. Uh, they didn't race at Five Flag Speedway last year, so this is one of the new additions to the uh, SRX Season 2 schedule, if you will. Um, Darian, we don't have any betting odds this week because we're not doing cup mm-hmm. stuff, but do you have any updates on the uh, from the NASCAR Weekly Podcast Fantasy League? Well, first off, I won. I won, Ooh. dude. I won by one point last week. Uh, that is spectacular. Moved up from 42nd to 32nd in the overall standings. But as far as the points lead is concerned, man, this is an epic year because right now we have a damn tie at the, the uh, at the very top of the standings between Trevor Sports 98 and 48 Nation. 3,077 points apiece between those two so it's a very close championship battle but not too far behind in third is Toyota Tough in fourth is Jets 48 and in fifth is UGR2 so it's basically been the same like 
five or six different people just rotating amongst I'm, the top five. But now we have a damn tie. I'm still hanging solid at 13. Yes. And, uh, oh, Lucky hey, my, mom, my, my mom's not too far behind. She's in 15. And Claudia's 18th, so she's yeah. doing pretty good, too. And I see uh, some other notables. Uh, Denny, Denny Delivers, 22nd. Uh, let's see. Blue Jimmy, 48th. Hey, he's, he's in 50th, so he's just inside the top 50. But, yeah, no, it's it's been an awesome year so far. So thank you guys so much for playing. And uh, season's, it's not over yet, so I've still got a long way to go. Well, that's the podcast Fantasy League points. Now let's get to the actual podcast pick points. I regret to inform you guys that we actually have a battle for the lead. Uh, I am still in first, thank goodness, with 280 total points. But the chat, the chat, you loyal viewers who tune in and chime in every single Wednesday night, y'all are only one point behind. Minus one. This is like an F1 2021 style points battle. I, I call Max Verstappen because he ends up winning the whole thing. You guys can be <laughs> Lewis Hamilton who feels miffed and, and cheated at the end. I don't care. I want the trophy. Um, but chat is minus one. Darian, you're holding solid in third, minus 30. And as the chat will find out soon, I am dead center in the middle. I'm dead in the middle. <laughs> uh, Jarrett, yeah, you are because Jarrett mm-hmm. is uh, in fourth, minus 58. And yeah, Danny is exactly double the points behind that you are Darren. he is minus 60 in fifth at this point i'm sitting on the couch and jared just went up to adjust the tv for a second look i'm not uh, totally out of it but i'm like eh, you're dead set yeah you're, you're dead in the middle you yeah i'm, 30 just, points I'm just in the middle 30 I'm points just, from last i'm just in the middle bro i gotta be up higher Hopefully I'm up higher this weekend. There aren't a whole lot of points to gain mm-hmm. this week. I know we don't award as many points for the truck series. And for SRX, aren't we just doing like whoever wins gets like a bonus, bonus point? Well, right? Hey, real quick, just because we've got some extra time, would you guys like to hear the entry list for this weekend's SRX? I yes, was going to ask please. yes if you could yes. pull that up. That's but my pick may or may not be in so, the race. <laughs> so, we, so I couldn't find an official entry list from like Five Flags or SRX, but I found – Wikipedia, someone's done a good job of compiling all the full-time drivers and the Thank part-time you. drivers and what tracks they'll be at, so I can tell you based off of this. So full-time drivers, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight drivers who are full-time this season. So those full-time drivers are Ryan hunter Ray, Paul Tracy, Tony Stewart, Michael Waltrip, Bobby Labonte, Ryan Newman, and Greg Biffle, and Marco Andretti. Those are your full-time drivers. Now, racing this weekend at Five Flags Speedway from part-timers, let's see. We will have Ernie Francis Jr. racing. We will have Tony Kanon, who's He's basically full-time. He's only There's only one race he's not in. He's racing five of the six this year. Okay. Uh, the next one we have is Bill Elliott. He will be in this one this weekend. Uh, we're going to have Bubba Pollard, and mm. that's it. That, that that's our that's our entry list this weekend wait bubba Pollard's racing this weekend he is mm-hmm. all right well we'll get to the srx in a second let's Ooh. do trucks first we'll stick with the nascar right. series first and foremost so we'll go in order i'll lead us off last year's race was kind of a mess last year's race kind of yeah, it kinda. was, it was. And, <laughs> and i remember i i criticized and it maybe was a little unfair but i called i think at one point i called Derek kraus a, like a dart without feathers or something. <laughs> i called him a weapon i called did him a he, missile did, didn't he call you out? Yeah, like he after? called me out. Uh, he, he did get ratioed a little for it, so I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. But uh, he did call me out, and fair enough. I was maybe a little hard on him. He was not the only driver in over his skis yeah. more than once in that race. But one thing I liked about Derek Krause is that he was aggressive. 
and that we've seen him up front in dirt races in the K&N series back in the day. And I think to win the Knoxville truck race, you got to be a little psycho, a little on edge, a little unpredictable. So I'm going to go with Derek Krause. I think he wins his first truck race uh, and gets it done at Knoxville Saturday night. Uh, so this driver, he actually made his truck series debut, if you remember, on dirt, driving for the great Jordan Anderson racing. And uh, he did pretty decent in that first start. And he did all right in last year's race, too. I think he was up front for a few a few laps there. But uh, no replacement driver needed this weekend. Carson Hosefar finally gets it done. First career win. Man, y'all have teed me up for a really good pick here. I'm going to pick the guy who led the uh, most laps last year in 71. The uh, The guy who beat him isn't here anymore. The other guy who led almost as many laps isn't here anymore. The other guy who was like third on that board uh, after all these guys. Um, oh, okay. So there was Carson Osar. So fourth on the board is Derek Krause. So I don't trust him. So I'm going to go with Chandler Smith mm. as my pick to win. That's a good pick. And then I'm going to go with good old Stuart Freeson. Solid. Solid. He I, won, I he think, has one Eldora win, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think the chat might be going with Fruit. Well, no, I, don't I know. do see I a lot really of Freesons. Also, a lot of DiBenedettos. Yeah, a lot of DiBenedetto fans. Oh, there's a lot of 52s now, though. I think it's Freezen though. I do think they got to give him Stuart Freezen. So they agree with you, Danny. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. A few of us pick first time, potential first time winners. Freezing. Give him, give him freezing. Yeah. It's, I, it's freezing. What I like is that we have different picks. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. The dirt brings out the worst in us. Yes. But SRX, though, will we have different picks for SRX? I think That's we the question. Will. I don't think we will. I think at least three of us are going to pick the same <laughs> same guy. Uh, so, Superstar Racing Experience. Real quick, we've we got some time to kill here. Are you guys excited for this new season of SRX? I feel like there's not that much buzz. There is no hype whatsoever. Yeah, there's not that much buzz going into it this year. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm excited. I I agree with you, Darren. I'm excited, but, like, not that many people seem to be talking Mm -hmm. about it. I think it's just going to be a lot of us hardcore racing fans that are into it. Here's the thing. I had to dig and claw and scrape to find like the full drivers list outside of the Wikipedia stuff, the schedule, start times, like all that. They updated the website yesterday for the new season. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. They were really behind on that. Well, yeah. and, and I, I have to wonder, is part of that because Ray Everham is, is, isn't here anymore running it? It could be. I mean, it could Wait, be. Where'd he go? He he's left. not he's yeah he he's left not in, he left in january yeah, i thought you knew yeah. that oh, yeah for those that. who don't know yeah oh, I, I thought he was we, taking just about about once i thought he was just taking like a, just a, a more hands-off i didn't realize he's, he was completely no. bad ba- he's I working on things with hendrick now I, I think he's still an investor but that's about it yeah, yeah. like he's basically like because i remember when i when we were at nashville last year that dude was everywhere i mean he was like on pit road when they ended the they're heat. interviewing him on tv asking yeah, him about he, rules and stuff this it's, dude it's was now, elbows deep in everything it's now don hawk who used to be with smi i think who's and they and it. and he's interacted with us uh briefly on social media yeah. before as yeah. well and then also um um michael carey too uh, we know him he does amazing michael's, stuff. Social michael's, media stuff. Yeah. michael's doing a great job their social media but just the website stuff i know it's not michael who does that yeah the website stuff was really not updated but yeah eric yeah. to your point i mean yeah like i just uh, you know I, I guess like there was some hype from you know obviously from my end you know i'm a diehard racing fan and stuff and then you know, obviously the people that follow me they're really excited but like yeah like overall though as far as the hype is concerned yeah it's kind of down but like 
I feel like that's kind of expected just because like last year was the inaugural season and sure. then it's like everybody knows it's not exactly, you know, um, a, uh, um, a new thing anymore. You know? Well, I was looking to get in tickets about a month or so ago uh, for it. And it was like hard to find tickets even. And, and mm-hmm. the websites of these, these older tracks are so, Oh, they're bad. Yeah. Some of them are bad. Can... Well, I'm, I remember... like, I'm like, I'm not chancing driving eight hours no. down to Florida for remember... nothing to be there for Nashville last year. I think, yeah, we could still buy tickets in advance, but they were just selling right there at the track too. Yeah. yeah so it's... see a lot of these older tracks though, to your point, Jared, like, yeah, a lot of these older tracks too, especially in, you know, in the local regions, like, they have it set up to where you have to buy tickets at the gate, but like for a big event, like, like SRX, it's like, Oh, there's gotta be well, a different plan for that. And yeah. For me, my thing that that would keep me away from driving out to them is that I don't want to, I don't want to have to stop for gas at least twice now. <laughs> like this, I've, this is my thinking last this year economy? when it was like two, when it was like two eighty. So like, I don't want to stop when gas is like five bucks a gallon yeah. twice, especially when we literally have it coming to our backyard. Yeah. Yeah. There's no point in me trying to go out to further one. So I'm, I'm wondering what the crowds will look like. Cause if you remember like last year, it was very hit or miss a couple of them. Would be yeah. Full, but like slinger, I think it was, was like, empty no mm. slinger was full it was i think was knoxville it? It was knoxville it was knoxville it was, knoxville was empty was one of the asphalt L- ones was- lucas oil had a good one and nashville had a great one uh, slinger yeah, looked full 15k slinger was pretty full maybe it was stafford it was probably yeah, stafford, stafford. And, and that's the one that actually wait no is that one come, did that one come back yeah, yeah that one's back yeah they brought yeah. that one back and that's the one to come back that's the prize yeah yeah, yeah I was disappointed weird. Slinger didn't make it back. Uh, Stafford, I, I feel like I understand from what I understand, well, Stafford's a little more modern, nicer venue, maybe, and it's up in the it's in Connecticut, right? So it kind of yeah, serves that market. market. Yeah. Well, I, I was personally disappointed that the fairgrounds wasn't the finale. I thought the, they had it perfect. You know, that's true. you could have you know could have kept they it there. But... Great last year, and I was kind of disappointed it wasn't the finale again. Yeah, but I am glad it's still on the schedule. But I will have that same hype. I'm not sure. I think we'll what's interesting is I also you looked at the um, broadcast lineup, and they still got Alan Bestwick back. They have Connor Daly, who's going to be an analyst for a good number of races. I think nice. Willie T. Ribs is going to be in the booth for yeah, a race. Yeah, I, I just yeah. Feel, he'll, he'll be a lot better in the booth. He'll. Be be great I think but that's like the that's no offense to willie t because it was awesome bumping into him at nashville last yeah. year but he he wasn't the best he wasn't a driver yeah no but i what i'm my point is that i didn't see james hinchcliffe on the list uh danica i know she wasn't great but at least she's a star she's not gonna come at least not expected to come back i don't think they've announced every driver that's gonna be in the booth yet maybe there'll be a surprise here or there but yeah i guess i'm just with you guys it feels like i think like you can perfectly uh, differentiate last year's hype versus this year's hype if you look at the finale last year it was nashville elliot versus elliot this year what is it is it sharon speedway and it's blaney v. dave blaney. blaney versus ryan blaney like that's still hype but that's not yeah. the level of the elliot battle the battle of the elliots or whatever they call it and it's it. not it's not the fairgrounds neither i yeah. think the fairgrounds and, kicked and it the, up a notch too and even then chase elliott's coming back but he's not racing against bill elliott because bill is racing mm. at five flags and stafford and chase is racing at sharon yeah, yeah, so that it, it feels like it's just a little wonky. I'm hyped because Matt Kenseth will race in the second half. <laughs> I'm very, very excited. I'll be at Nashville for that. And Wouldn't miss yeah. it for the world. But also, that, one that's oh. probably the one that you really want to try to make it through, Eric. Because I mean, let's be real. Do you think he's going to do great at I-55 yeah, and Sharon? Why the hell is Matt doing dirt race? I think I saw <laughs> I saw an interview with him. He's like on family vacation or something. Didn't want to uh. miss out on some trip or maybe a marathon he's training for. Who knows? But I'm like, man, Matt, why are you doing the dirt races? <laughs> like, hey, he wants to try new things. Hey, he's but, already in the Hall but, of Fame. He ain't but, got to prove hey, nothing anymore. <laughs> you get to come out here, hang out with all of us, and uh, root on your guy. 
Yeah. yeah I'm excited about that. Well, um, before we get to Nashville, before we get to the dirt races, before we get any v- deeper into the season, there has to be an opener, and that is Five Flag Speedway this Saturday night on CBS. Let's go through picks. I guess I'll lead us off. Uh, how many races last year did the local guy win? I remember oh, Luke Fenhouse. He was close to winning Slinger. Um, who was the guy Kobe. who won the that one? Doug Kobe. Doug Kobe. He got a win. Was he the only one? Was he the only local guy? Because I think Tony won a couple. Ernie I Francis think won one. So. Andretti Chase, won Slinger. Chase Elliott won the and last then Chase. one. So yeah, it was just Doug Kobe. I think, and that was the opener too, wasn't it? I believe that yep. was at Stafford. Yep, yep, it was the first. I one. think the local guy goes back to back. I don't know if if Bubba Pollard's local to. Five Flags. Local oh, he's, 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 a, he's a short track legend. But he, exactly. That but he's a yeah. short track legend. I think this is, they're coming into his playground. I think Bubba Pollard wins it. I was just about to say that too. Bubba Pollard as well. I think he wins it as well. I mean, look, Five Flags Speedway, he's raced in the Snowball Derby. God knows how many times. I think he's even won the Snowball Derby. I'm sure uh, he has. Before, if I'm not mistaken. And that's the very same track they run it at. So, hey, I, I'm not going to go against uh, one of the uh, best short track racers in the country. Bubba Pollard gets the win. I am. Uh, I'm, <laughs> you maniac. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with the guy who I'll be real until Danny read off the entry list. I wasn't sure it was racing, but he uh, he really impressed last year. He ended up winning a race last year, and I think that he's going to come back stronger this year. I'm going to go with Ernie Francis Jr. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. I will point out, uh, actually, no. Uh, Bubba Pollard has not won the snowball derby before oh he hasn't wow wow i'm surprised yeah. i'm genuinely he's won surprised. he's won a whole bunch of other races oh no though. he's yeah, still I'm great surprised. i'm just surprised yeah. he hasn't won that one yeah yeah he is uh he's really good but uh i too am not gonna go above pollard i'm gonna go uh we're just gonna start off the boss man tony stewart he's i'm, I'm saying i'm picking the old smoke old smoky Chat a chat seems to be leaning. There's a lot of Newmans. Ryan Newman, of course, running full time this year. I, I, I'm curious how that's going to work out. A full season of Ryan Newman and Paul Tracy on the same oh, track. Oh, that's <laughs> that's going to be so funny, bro. That's going to be so funny. Uh, we got to get Robbie Gordon in this. I haven't been following the chat super closely. I've seen a lot of Biffles. I've seen a lot of Stewarts. There's a uh, lot. I'm seeing a lot of Newman. I'm seeing a lot of Newman. There's a lot of Newmans. Do you want to give him Ryan Newman? Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't know, but I see some Stuarts. I, I see Stuart. That's the thing. Yeah. I'll make. I'm gonna put up a poll, and then I will do. We'll do the last couple super chats. All right. And um, Newman, Newman versus Stuart. Yeah, we'll do Stuart okay. and Newman. Some people are I putting guess. like 14s in the chat. Like, <laughs> I don't. Is Stuart running the 14? I don't. Yeah, even know. I, I, I'd assume. I'd assume. Maybe. All right. Uh, yeah, Tony Stewart's in the 14. Okay. okay, that's what I thought. And then Ryan Newman is in the 39. Greg Biffle's in the 69. Of course, <laughs> of course he is. That's a good. Uh, that's a great ongoing meme. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, as, while we go through and wait for that poll, the fans can vote on that poll for the poll? chat poll? pick poll. Poll. Uh, let's get poll? to the last poll? handful of super chats. Thank you all so much for your support tonight. Irvin Alvarado, a little while ago, sent a ten dollars super chat. Very generous. Said Apple TV recently this week signed a deal with Major League Soccer, yep. a ten-year, two point five billion dollar deal starting in twenty twenty-three. Do you think NASCAR might look at that carefully? Hell how no. that will do in terms no. of numbers? And Not don't have the whole damn thing on there. You have the though. most. You have the most relevant league of like sporting leagues in America outside the W. NBA signing this, so I will go that yeah. far. I mean, they're, they're they're not up there with the NBA and the NFL and baseball, no. but or hockey even, but they're not or like IndyCar. 
Uh, what's, that, what's, some, what's MLS ratings? They got to be higher than a lot of IndyCar races. A lot of times they get under a million. Well, a lot of that's Ooh. a lot of it's local broadcast. But like mm. when we get to the playoffs or national TV, MLS really that low? Well, maybe I'm overestimating not, soccer. It's not high. Jeez, mm. well, yeah, I, I don't see NASCAR going to like an Apple no. TV or anything like that in the next deal, um, at least not exclusively. Um, thank you, Burritos, for the two. Uh, June 11th is now T Pain Day in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jacob, by, by the by, the way, the poll's 50. percent It's pretty oh, close. Oh my gosh, keep voting, y'all. Uh, yeah. Jacob Clinkhart, hope I'm saying that correctly, said NASCAR should make their own Disney Plus, their own streaming service. Their own Disney Plus. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, again, if the NASCAR had their own service that had archived old races, maybe commercial free viewing options today, like I'd pay some serious money for that. That's basically what F1 has. Uh, Antar Das, thanks for the 10. Maybe it's because I'm a huge fan of IndyCar and F1. I think six to seven road courses is not oversaturated for me. Honestly, I want to see other road courses as well, like Road Atlanta and Laguna mm-hmm. Seca. Ooh. Oh, I would like to see. I'd be interested in Road I'd Atlanta. I'd like a rotation. Yeah. 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 Keep maybe. the two you've always had and then a rotation. Yeah, like keep, yeah. like Watkins Glen can be a staple, but like maybe maybe not every year we have to go to Road America. Or every year or, we have or to go to Sonoma. In- not every year we have to go to Sonoma. The crowd know? was not great at Sonoma this yeah, past year. That's true. Uh PTM Billy, thank you for the five. Damn it, Jarrett, that joke almost made me choke on my frosty. <laughs> I already forgot what you said. Something about dick oh, trickle. Oh damn. Uh, I, I said good die cast. I think it's like I said that die cast makes my dick trickle. <laughs> so good very good um i hope you hope the ice melted and you you swallowed that frosty good billy um thank you debbie cox eric didn't you get some sheet metal from that out of the groove car no i did not but uh, our danny. boy danny did he, <laughs> yes. he has kept I, it in mint condition for us i legitimately asked eric a couple times do you want to get this do you want to get this and he's no. like no no i'm gonna wait until we have a car that so finishes I, uh <laughs> the race <and> finishes <laughs> Yeah. Finishes, yeah. I, I I made sure that I got that though in case Eric ever wanted to get it back from his first race he sponsored. That's, that's fair. Cool. No, and I appreciate that, uh, Danny. That was that's pretty cool. I'm excited to see that in a couple weeks when I'm over there. Um Isaac, thanks for the two. Street racing in Dallas, death to Texas Speedway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um and they pay good money for that. You gotta read it exactly like that. A street yeah. race in Dallas would be fine with me. I don't I don't mind that. Give it a shot. Um, thank you, Medieval Warfare. Uh, clash at Daytona Road Course with top 15 from all three series. I don't want to see a clash at the road course again. I don't think... That, no. It had a good finish, but I don't think... Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to see that again. But I'm all for mixing series for the clash or for the all-star mm-hmm. race, something like that. That'd be an interesting... Oh, I have an idea. Let's have a multi-class all-star race. Maybe that's what he's trucks, getting at. Xfinity, Cup, and racing Arca. at the same time. Arca, yes! That's all probably what he's getting time. out of that. Watch the yep. Arca cars win because they have like the <laughs> most downforce. No, <laughs> they'll, no, they'll win because the Arca drivers will just plow through the whole field. That's why. <laughs> Thank you, Jake Alcorn, for the 10. Uh, for the love of all things holy, just bring back Chicagoland with one, two, three, four, I think five exclamation points. Of the tracks Good not night. yet attended, what's the highest one on the list? Uh, like, highest and what? Like, just which one would we like to see the most? or That we haven't been to yet. Oh yeah, um, Darlington. 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 Yeah, probably Darlington. I haven't been in Darlington yet. Every time, Darlington. every time there's a Darlington race, there's something I have to be at. It mm-hmm. sucks. The, the, the problem oh. with Darlington that is holding me and Claudia back is literally prices of rental cars, flights to that area. It's kind of the middle of so, nowhere. They, oh yeah, <laughs> they skyrocket so much around those weekends that they have the races though, because it's like uh, late 
yeah labor day weekend true it's and, a holiday. and so a lot of people are off they go to beach like you can't get an affordable flight or rental car there and also i uh, i was watching this video the other day apparently darlington is like the most dangerous city in all of south carolina <laughs> there was like this one story where like this big this uh big guy literally shoved a freaking 83 year old woman to the ground for her purse. I was like, geez, what Dang, kind of place? No, is, like, what kind of place is this? But hey, they have the Southern 500 at least. So <laughs> that makes up for it. Yeah, <laughs> that makes up for it. <laughs> Don't worry, Granny. At least we have a race. <laughs> yeah, we have Jeez. a race. Here's your purse so I can buy tickets. <laughs> I want to go to the Charlotte Roval. Hopefully I can make that happen maybe this year. Um, oh. Chips never. Thanks for the super chat. If NASCAR wants a cup race on a street course, test the idea at a tried and true layout somewhere. The iRacing Chicago layout isn't that great. Uh, I agree, actually. I, I don't think a street race at Chicago would be a great race. Um, I just want to see them bring the sport to a big city. It doesn't have to be Chicago. It would Chicago. look nice. It would look yeah, nice. I'm, I'm, but I'm, like not married racing, to Chi- no. I'm not married to Chicago. It wouldn't be my first choice either. Hey, but but Jared, Jared's, married, Jared, Jared's married to Chicago, right? He no, loves. I divorced Illinois. <laughs> he loves it. I escaped. Uh, Philip Richards, thanks for the five. Five Flags has been struggling, struggling for attendance in biweekly race night, so I'm anxious oh. about the turnout when I go on Saturday. I'm surprised uh, to hear that. The website usually. didn't look like it was from 2004. Maybe more people would <laughs> be able to go. Like, Jeez. I'm sorry. Maybe this is just something that, like, is a is disconnect it? for me yeah. with some of these tracks. But it's like, if you're expecting me to go halfway across the country to see a race there, I should at least be able to navigate the website to find out no, how to buy you gotta, tickets. Yeah, you, no, you have to buy tickets at the gate, bro. After eight I, hours. I just don't think – I think in the case of, like, a Five Flags, they don't expect – people to come from outside of florida i think they just don't i think they're they're like they've modeled their business so that if just floridians and like alabamians whoever else is nearby come that's fine they don't expect they they don't expect someone to come from illinois if you show up from illinois they'll be shocked they'll look at you like you're from mars tennessee well, in Tennessee now. I'm not. Yes. I, I want nothing he to left. do with Illinois. Don't you? Don't you realize you're a Texan talking to three proud Tennesseans? <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Oh my gosh. Um, thank Go you. balls. What, Jared? <laughs> I can't believe I got. The, I can't believe I got it out of him that quick. Wow. Oh, no. Fight God, you brainwashed this fight man. Fighting Irish, yeah. fight Irish all the way. Hey, and they're the ones who knocked us out of the uh, baseball. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right. Chad Sessions, thank you for the ten. Regardless of the Suarez win, was Sonoma? Or Sonoma was a snoozer. Do y'all think we really need Sonoma on the schedule? I. Not every year. If, if you, you want to rotate, the, I want to see what the. I want to see what the attendance looks like in the next couple of years and the ratings, but. Dude, if the ratings are going to be some of the worst watch of the year and there's no one showing up to the race yeah, and the racing isn't that great, then we might need to reevaluate it. I, I, I know. Know, I've never been, but I've heard it. You know, it's a, it's a destination. It's a vacation destination is the idea. So I don't know. Are people just not traveling I, to wine country these days? I mean, I feel like people in general are probably limiting some of their vacations right now mm-hmm. just because of hey, prices. What, what, I, what I've actually seen some uh, friends of mine who are in the industry – They've made that race weekend a vacation because a lot of them are still exploring San Francisco and a lot of that area, uh, going wine tasting. So some of those people are using, hey, where it left off, let's go on vacation here. Uh, Let's see. We've got one from Napa Racing Fan again. Please, Fox, remove the cartoon caricatures for next year. (laughs) I'd be okay with that. Uh, Florida sounds good, sent five. Allow coolers at Nashville. Fans shouldn't support such a precedent. It's pure greed. SMI needs to be called out for this. Mm. Where's Randy the plumber uh, with his hot pass? Let him him protest and then not protest. (laughs) Protest in three days later. (laughs) I I, I want want a full pass all the way through. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I've I've never really brought coolers to races, so but I understand fans who do and are used to it, and it is frustrating <laughs> that. Bags of water. So, yeah, so, yeah. I've seen Jarrett lug mm-hmm. twenty hot dogs at Martinsville and six bottles, probably like twelve bottles of water before. So <laughs> I mean, so I've seen fans rough it. With 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 Nashville, uh, that's definitely the biggest concern that they are not allowing it still. I'm really honestly surprised because SMI is now owning them. Um, with that being said, though. They did a lot of good things. They have, they've already said they're going to have water stations set up throughout the weekend. People nice. can have water, um, parking's free this year. That's good. Um, See, it's looking like it's going to be like a hundred degrees. It is going to be super hot. It's the, way hotter than last year. And, oh. and the and the thing is, yeah, they pushed it back later in the evening. But what I've been noticing here, it peaks at the hottest latest in the day. Ooh. Four like, or right, five o'clock. I was out at five yeah. today. I walked to to. I walked to the gym at my apartment complex. It's only like maybe a two minute walk away. And I got there and I was like, my back was drenched in sweat. I was like, if Actually, this is how Nashville is going to be, they need to prepare accordingly. If, yeah. if, if I can just say this, uh, I'll pull up my forecast. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, next week are temperatures of highs over a hundred degrees. And here lately, the humidity has been high and the feels like temperature being in the 90s has been like 107, 109. So realistically, yeah. we're, we're going to have heat indexes of over 110 degrees. Hey, reminds I mean, me of home, early, Las Vegas. Well, earlier this week, because um, like Darian and I, we, we tr- we're doing marathon training mm-hmm. and we were we always run at like eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. The time we were done at 930, it was 95 out with a heat index over 100. And mm-hmm. well, the way I'm seeing this is like, Dude, we could have like a heat index over 120. So I, I'm really hoping SMI prepares. Yeah, this, yeah. They better have, I hate to say this, they better have a lot of mm-hmm. EMS personnel on hand ready to attend to fans. And, you know, the Atlanta race in 2020, you know, no fans were there for that one. But maybe that was a good thing, as hot as that one was, because we had so many drivers that were having heat issues during that race. I fully expect there will be a driver having heat issues during the Nashville race. Yeah. And also, fans, please be smart. Don't drink a whole lot of beer. Uh, honestly, just say no to beer if you're going to Nashville. Yeah. Speedway. Just drink you're water. You're talking to NASCAR yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, you're talking to NASCAR you, fans. Your heart's for... in the right place, but your brain is, is too naive. <laughs> <Save that laughs> drink water all day, then go join us at Broadway that night. That's what there I was going to say. Yeah, I just yeah. hope, I know at COTA, which is an SMI owned race or sanctioned race or whatever, promoted race, they did have some of those water stations, and that was pretty cool. Um, hopefully they have enough of those at Nashville or at the very least, hopefully they have enough concessions open and they don't pull like what Bristol did a couple years ago for they, the all Stars, where they ran out of water before they, the green flag. <laughs> that was also listed in their list of improvements this year that they've added concession stands. They've opened up more concession stands. I, Cause and... I know gateway, I wasn't there, but I heard that some of the concession lines were abominable. Extraordinarily <laughs> long. Same with I, Richmond. Yeah. I've, I've, I expect Nashville this year should be better from a fan experience than last year. Outside of the cooler thing, sorry guys, I can't help you. I don't remember. Did they have coolers last year? No, they didn't. And that's okay. that's why they're if you anything is ever said about Nashville Super Speedway, and I've seen at this from my consistent. own replies. <laughs> from, yeah, at least they're consistent. If anything's ever said about them, the big the first thing you're going to see is someone in the comment section. I'm so mad, I can't bring a cooler. <laughs> yeah, um, do like oh, what wait, we did last year. One. Where we, uh, yeah, I could, I see that he's pulled ahead. Do it like we did last year, Danny, tailgating out of your truck on the campgrounds outside. That was fun. Had some yeah. shade, had some beverages. We could Can bring a cooler there. Twenty-five water bottles in your backpack, like I do. 
yeah, that works as but, well. But I but mm-hmm. I also think we were dealing with maybe like eighty degrees at that time. Yeah, that, that is true. That is fair. Um, we do have just a few more super chats. Let's get through these real quick. Alex Vivieros, uh, thanks for the five. I talked with uh, friends that if I was Justin, I'd drop Daniel at the end of this year because uh, he's not winning and running good. Well, Daniel must have heard me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like it. Definitely uh, heard the heard the criticism and yeah. and rebounded nicely. And thank you, Debbie, again. Good job, Danny. Someone's got to keep the nice stuff regarding the sheet metal. With the yeah, the sheet logo. metal. Yeah. Um, and then we got a couple more real quick um, from Antar Das once again, <laughs> talking about Darlington crime. Says the crime rate is 76 out of 1,000. The violent crime rate is 52.3, and the U.S. average is 22.7. <laughs> So gee, uh, apparently, yeah, Darlington, yeah. Whatever, whatever data y'all look like, apparently was correct. Goodness gracious. Darlington's like Glockford. My gosh. Yeah. Um, Nap Racing fan, thank you for the super chat. Bring back Chicagoland and completely remove mm-hmm. Texas. Sounds like a popular yeah. popular take at this point. And one more from Alex. If you're going to Nashville, two tips I have to help beat the heat. One, don't wear dark clothes. And two, drink lots of water before you go. Mm-hmm. I just so I just, wear a black concert T-shirt and drink a bunch of Bud. Yeah, Jared, so, Jared, you're literally wearing a con- a black concert T-shirt and a yeah. Budweiser hat. <laughs> I'm wearing a black shirt. I didn't even realize that until you pointed it out, man. This is so part of uh, part of my attire for when I'm doing races of media is polos, and one of them is black. And there's three race weekends. I have only three polos, so I will have to wear my black one at some point mm-hmm. this weekend. That, that that weekend. So just saying this. I want to get as much content as possible, but I will be in that media center a ton trying to stay in the AC. Oh yeah, I'm a they they, they have an awesome AC too. Well, <laughs> plus, me and Darian are going to be running 12 miles before the Saturday yeah, race. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be up early. You, you, you <laughs> mad <laughs> man? Getting that done, Darian? How, what's the most? How many miles are you up to now? Your recent runs? Uh, what was the what's the furthest we've ran so far, Jared? Like, I mean, the longest run we've had planned is an 11 mile or okay. But were you able to pull that done, off? I mean, I did, but I was up in Glockford for that one. Yeah. Darren, Darren yeah. what are you up to, Darren? Are you up to, like, because I'm impressed that you've taken this on. Yeah, I, I think, like, I well, the first long one uh, we were supposed to do was uh, 10 miles. I think I only got to, like, ooh. You said you got to eight. Yeah, it was it was really, like, it, it was I could close. Do. It was close, man. But I still have a long way to go, though, man. Give me a year so to long. train. I couldn't do eight. <laughs> well, when we're doing it at, like, a nine-minute mile pace, too. I was we're trying we're, – the goal is to be under four hours. Yeah. I could barely walk it, honestly. Let's be real. Like, I'll be honest with you, like, those first couple of days, too, Jared was, like, even telling me, he's like, hey, slow down. I'm like, wait, I'm going fast? Like, yeah, it's a marathon. <laughs> it's a marathon, bro. Yeah. Have, slow, have, have you down. read The Tortoise and the Hare? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell you I played both in the marathon. Neither works. Oh. What do you got to be, then? You got to be, like, every time. You got to be, like, the the what's in between a tortoise and a hare a worm a spectator like, <laughs> just suffering i guess be a spectator you'll make it to the finish line way before everyone else and by the way eric uh that poll is official yeah tony stewart, tony stewart pulled away so at chat gets tony stewart uh me and darian had bubba pollard Jarrett, you picked ernie francis right yes and danny who'd you pick uh i went with tony, tony stewart, stewart. Like Stewart Stewart as well. That's so, right. Yeah. Okay. But this one, it's just if you if you pick the winner, you get four bonus points. Oh wait, you get four? I thought it was just one. What happens? Oh, yeah. What happens no, if, get four. What happens if, if you none don't of our the winner, win? You don't get any. Oh, okay. Okay. No okay. okay. Yeah. Got you. All right. So half nice. to win the race. Eleven. Yeah, All or nothing. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's gonna like, do it. Speaking of good stuff, this has been a fantastic show. 
Um, thank you everyone for being here. Thank you everyone for watching. Of course, our usual hosts for being here as always. And a big thank you again to Bailey Curry for hanging out with us that first hour. A lot of cool insight straight from a, a race car driver's mouth. And again, if you want to enter for a chance to win that Ghost 124 scale diecast, you can click the link down in the description below. Go check out Bailey's new website. Be sure to pull for Bailey at Nashville next next weekend. He's a good <laughs> dude. Uh, love to see what he's doing in the Xfinity Series this year over at JD Motorsports. Um, but any final thoughts, gentlemen, or is, is that going to do it? Hey, I, I can't wait for next week. Yeah. I love I love the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. I was leaving it at that. I Aww. love this podcast. <laughs> oh my god. No, that is. <laughs> we went too long, guys. We went too long. Uh, and, that's, and this is the guy whose channel we're going to be on next <laughs> yeah, week. We're yes. going to be on Danny V's channel next week. Yeah, let's talk about the majesty of NASCAR Victory Lane instead. <laughs> next week, we will be on Danny's channel, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday night, our usual time at one of our usual places. Um, we'll talk about what happens at Knoxville. We'll talk about what happens in the SRX race, and we'll effectively, we'll officially be previewing NASCAR Cup Series at Nashville, which all four of us will be in attendance of. Amen. That is very, very exciting. So thank you again, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Hope you enjoyed the show. Until next week, my name is Eric, and this is the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Goodbye. Very great. Holy moly. Take off. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Hell yeah. Woo! Great job, man. Now we got a crash car spinning left and right. Buddy, let her rip. Right, right. Hell, baby, come on. Oh, my God, guys. Yes, yes. Unbelievable. You guys are the best. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, what a year. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.